The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing, where each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom from the female perspective. Everything from Star Wars, to The Office, to cosplay, to fanfic. It's all right here, so sit back and enjoy this week's episode. Hello, just a quick little introduction. I'm going to make it quick, quick, quick. I just forgot to say that we are going to be spoiling everything about the first eight episodes of season five of Lucifer. So I just wanted to give that heads up there. I know this is an epically long episode, but I just thought it kind of deserved that. So hope everybody enjoys. Thanks. Hello, and welcome to this special episode of It's a Fandom Thing. On this episode, we are going to be talking about the first eight episodes of season five of Lucifer. Lucifer happens to be our most popular episode, so I thought it would be fun to revisit the show and just get everybody's thoughts on season five. Meg, who was on the first Lucifer episode, is returning. Unfortunately, Sarah isn't feeling well, so she is unable to join, but we have three other people on, so it'll be a great, great discussion, I think. I think everybody will have lots of different opinions on the season so far. So it'll be really interesting to hear. Um, and But before we get into that, just a few housekeeping notes. As always, we are accepting lis- listener support now. And for as little as 99 cents a month to $9.99 a month, you can follow the link in the show notes or go directly to our anchor page and click on listener support. And as always, from now until at least October 1st, 100% of what we see from that is going to various Black Lives Matter organizations And as I said on the past couple of episodes, I'm going to be doing a live Facebook thing on October 1st and just going over the various uh, Black Lives Matter organizations we're going to be donating that money to. Our listenership has grown a lot in the past couple of weeks. So also our money we're seeing from our ad revenue is slowly increasing. So that's going to help as well. And hopefully we'll have um, a lot of money to donate or at least some amount to donate. And we'll probably continue at least donating a portion um, of what we see from here on out uh, is, is my guess. But more on that later. I also wanted to just take a moment and talk about, um, we are recording this on Saturday, and yesterday, last night, um, sadly, Chadwick Boseman passed away. He was battling colon cancer for four years um, privately and wasn't telling anybody, uh, didn't tell anybody about about his battle, and unfortunately, um, he passed away, and it's it's amazing the lasting impact that he has. I mean, not only was he Black Panther, um, but he's played. I mean, he played James Brown. Um, he has he played Thurgood Marshall. Um, he played Jackie, Jackie Robinson. Robinson, and he passed away, of course, on um, Jackie Robinson Day. 
so it it's just his impact um, on people and on entertainment, um, on representation, being able to play uh, a black superhero, having kids look up to him. It's the lasting impact is just it, it'll go on and on and on for decades. Um, I'm at a loss for words because I'm starting to tear up again about it. But it's just he you should go watch um, the Jimmy Fallon video where people are talking to um, this cutout of Black Panther and saying how important um, what Chadwick did and, and how important the movie is to them. And then he comes out and surprises them. And it's so beautiful. It just shows you that he was a beautiful human being as well. So I just wanted to um, take a moment to acknowledge that. And uh, may he rest in power and he will be missed. I'm sure he had so much, so much more left to give. So, okay, well, let's go around and have everybody introduce themselves. I'm going to start with you, Carla. Hi, I'm Carla Temis, and I am also kind of, you know, uh, in my feelings about um, the passing of Chadwick Boseman. He meant so much to so many people. He was a superhero on screen, and of course, you know, through his, um, through all the work that he did with kids, especially um, who looked up to, to him so much, especially black boys who saw themselves represented on screen in such a big way and in such a positive way, um, it it it's it, it will leave an impact, I think, for just so long that I I, I just I can't imagine this. Uh, I just, I can't even make words right now. It, it's just really hard. Like I, I was like, I, I know so many of us were just crying all night last night. Um, but um, yeah. Um, and in more typically me news, I am uh, still obsessed with Eurovision. Um, that has not <laughs> and nothing can cure me. There is, you know, it, it, it's, it's appropriate that, you know, there was a, that skit with Will Ferrell with the cowbell. There's no cure. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> that's good, though. And that's that would be a good distraction right now, too. So, yes. 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 I, I didn't, in fact, spend the morning watching it just to kind of. Uh, it, it's my balm right now. And it came in handy today. Yeah. And Judy. Yeah. Hi, I'm Judy. And um, let's see. First of all, agree with everybody's sentiments on Chadwick. I mean, it's it's definitely heartbreaking. And just the um, to think that going through all those treatments and surgeries and everything, and he just kept giving and giving. And it's it's a huge loss. So uh, same sentiments. Um, as far as what I'm uh, geeking over these days, I am, you know, preparing for season two of The Boys. I can't wait. Uh, <laughs> so right now, I just started my rewatch of season one, so I can get myself all geared up for September fourth. Yay! And we're going to do a special uh, The Boys episode. I don't know if you saw that, Judy. But oh, do you need a guest? <laughs> if you want to be on, yeah, yeah. Because I know Tiffany's going to be on. And then, yeah, if you want to join us. Because I was like, it might be fun to talk about that. Because, of course, there was the big news that um, Jensen Ackles 
is going to be joining season three. So, but yeah, I love the boys and I think it's a perfect, perfect show for the day and age that we're living in. <laughs> oh, as, as I'm rewatching it, it's, it's very much like, wow, I'm, are we, it's, it's making a lot of statements about what's going on in our world right now. So I can't wait to talk about that. Yeah. I'll have to join. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm making a note of that. <laughs> okay. Thanks. And then Meg. Uh, yeah, so I'm Meg. Um, it was interesting. So I was out of town until today and pretty much incommunicado. So I just found out about Chazwick Bozeman passing. Um, and it, it took me aback a lot. I know everyone's said some stuff. I just remember the first time I ever saw him, I was like, God, this is going to be someone that we're going to really want to watch for a long time. He's going to bring so much. Um, and I'm really heartbroken that we're going to miss out on not just such amazing acting, but such amazing examples of humanity um, from him. So that was really, that was a, that was a tough one uh, to, to swallow, honestly. Um, As far as pop culture things I've been into, I've actually been pretty much without internet for a week so i haven't been doing too much uh watching tv except for disney dvds and stuff with my kids so that's been fun and fishing um but i did start watching big mouth on netflix and it's an adult animation Uh, my brother-in-law told me to watch it and it's pretty fucked up and pretty funny it's basically uh an adult cartoon about some kids going through puberty uh (laughs) and it's produced by nick kroll so if you like nick kroll and um oh my god i totally john mulaney it's in it like it's it's really really funny and it's just really not appropriate for for children at all so yeah that's what i've been watching (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh carla you would you would get a kick out of it so if you ever find time to take a break from eurovision <laughs> i'll try to schedule it between um like double doses of eurovision but you know but it's it's so like one of the main like it's about these two pre like 13 year old boys and there's a hormone monster <laughs> like a little monster there it's amazing it's awful um there are a ton of comedians on it and it's just it's great it's funny so (laughs) if you guys are looking for something to kind of cheer you up and also don't have any small children around you um that's what i would do with it it was horrifying so i did watch one of the episodes at the cabin and i thought my seven-year-old was asleep when i was watching when i first saw the first episode and it's talking about like boy puberty stuff and it had just started thank god and my seven-year-old who was sleeping in a loft just suddenly pipes in are you watching big mouth i'm like how do you know what Uh-oh. this show is <laughs> and let me search how to make a password on even my adult side of the Netflix <laughs> and let me talk to your big sister because <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> so yeah that was 
That's me. <laughs> well, and and Susie, who hasn't been on since March. Um, yeah, I, I would like to express my deepest condolences to uh, Chadwick Boseman's family and all, all of his assorted fans around the world. It is truly devastating to lose someone so talented and so important to their community and to many communities. Um, on a different note, um, in pop culture wise, um, because I'm gonna switch gears, or else I'm crying. <laughs> um, I've I've been listening to podcasts a lot lately because I've just been like sewing a lot. Um, so of a, a podcast other than ours <laughs> that I found is the um the Dead Meat Podcast, which is this podcast that this couple makes it's um the guy and a girl uh they have a youtube channel as well where they like review horror movies they do like kill counts on horror movies on their youtube channel same dead meat um and i've been listening to their podcast whenever i sew too and also whenever i go walk my dog because they're just really funny <laughs> and i found out that jared padalecki was in Houses, the one of the many houses of which was like surprising to me because I I never knew that before. It's a horrible movie. Avoid it at all costs. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they said the same thing too. They're like the only good thing is the the special effects and the kills. That's it. I just wrote that podcast down because you know I kind of like horror movies. Definitely going to check that out because, yeah, I, I just kind of like, and speaking of horror, <laughs> um, my thing that I'm into is there's a horror movie called One BR or One Bedroom, but it's One BR and it's on Netflix. And um, it's it's very much a psychological horror film. There is some gore, but it's a lot more psychological. I'm not going to tell you much about it. And even though if you were to watch the trailer, you might think the trailer gives everything away. It really doesn't. But it's basically about this young woman who finds a one-bedroom apartment and moves in. And things are a little bit off in this one-bedroom apartment. That's all. I mean, I'm she goes say. to a cookout. Yeah, she goes to a cookout. All I saw was the trailer today, and I was like, I wonder if this is something that I would like. And I saw it with no sound or anything, but I was like, you know, this probably isn't for me. No, no. <laughs> I am such a weenie. You. I had to leave the theater in Jurassic Park, you guys. So Yeah, it's definitely need- not for you. <laughs> <laughs> if you need to know something about me. I was eight at the time, so it wasn't, like, so bad. Okay, excuses. Okay, I'll give but- you a pass. You were eight. <laughs> <laughs> It's the kitchen scene, man. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, if you need to know where I stand. Here I thought you were going to talk about you had watched Dr. Fives finally. No, I, no, I, yeah, no, but it's, it's, and my, and I would say I have two, but I'm going to save that for our second episode this week. Um, But yeah, no, it's, it's a really well-crafted horror story, psychological thriller, um, the lead actress in it, and I'm getting her name right now, is so good. Uh, Nicole Bryden Bloom, and I hadn't heard of her before, um, but she's really good. The whole cast is good. It, um, I like that. I love the ending. 
The ending is very, very similar to another movie's ending, and I'm not going to say which one, but um, you can message me after you've watched it, and if you don't know what ending it's similar to, I will discuss it with you, because that's another great horror movie that it's similar to. So She gets a hey, two-bedroom apartment. That is, that's it. <laughs> Spoiler, she gets a two-bedroom apartment. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway that's that's available on Netflix. you can also rent it you know if you don't have netflix but uh yeah so that's what i'm into okay so we're going to get into lucifer now um or the first eight episodes of season five i should say so first i just want to know just in general because we're going to dig deeper into it but just in general what your thoughts are on season five so far carla well i when i started watching season five and you know i i started watching lucifer in general just not too long ago so i started watching season five just very soon after i had binged the show and um, I guess good for them for being consistent in their tone and whatnot. But I, I was just as a new fan, kind of like, I don't really think I like where this is going. And I will say that, that it uh, improved for me towards the middle. Um, and I just also want to say that there is uh, somebody out there listening to me for giving us more Ella storylines because I have become just such a huge fan of Amy Garcia. I think she is marvelous and she just brings so much light to anything I've seen her in. Um, when I was watching Dexter and uh, uh, I, I thought that she was, you know, I thought she was ter terribly underused, but she was great there. But now as Ella, just there are so many instances where her plot lines or even her participation in the scene makes it uh it's basically like like adding eggs to a cake so that they're more bouncy if that makes any sense i hope she's not vegan and i'm just like sitting here insulting her and being like oh you're like an egg but i'm vegan oh i'm sorry you are a great egg substitute okay that's not the point she's great <laughs> and i also really loved that they um the casting of um, Yvonne Cole as the Mother Superior in the the episode where uh, it, it's uh, Amenadiel is basically uh, Detective Amenadiel. Thank you. Yes, where he's uh, um, the conduit between the nuns and God. She is such a wonderful actress. I just I love watching her, and she she didn't have like a huge part. But she was great. So for me, anything that includes more Amy Garcia and some Yvonne Cole, I am perfectly, absolutely happy to watch more of it. And yes, the start of the season, iffy, but improving. And then first thoughts about the season, it needed some, some Eve, right? <laughs> uh, no. Okay. My biggest thought over about the whole season is fucking finally, <laughs> right? After four and a half seasons. So I, I was, I'm very happy to um, see Chloe and Lucifer finally get there. Um, 
I am definitely a little bit concerned that they're going to just go right back to um, constantly throwing roadblocks at them. And, um, and of course, you got to keep up that tension. You know, they have to give interesting challenges to their relationship and whatnot. I just hope they don't keep getting in their way, their own way too much. Um, that said, though, I'm really enjoying the season for, for lots of reasons. Um, um, each of the characters seems to, they seem to be giving everybody their own um, story and a little bit of an arc. Even the side characters, you know, like you said, Ella, she she got a little bit more. Dan's got something interesting going on. Amenadale's, you know, dealing with fatherhood. And so there's just, I think, feel like um, they're really tapping into what a... Um, a, a big cast they have and what great characters they have to work with. And now I go to you, Moon. Oh, yay! That's okay. No. Um, yes, yeah, so I actually had a really kind of bizarre viewing of of the first half of the season because I, I really tried to get all of them watched before I went up north uh, to the cabin, and I didn't get... I got through six and a half episodes, so... I came back today and watched one and a half episodes, which probably wasn't so smart. I should have started the episode over, but I didn't have time. So it was kind of jarring for that. Um, I had some mixed feelings about about this half of the season. I kind of... The flow was a little weird to start with, I guess. Um but I'm really interested in seeing what's going on with little baby Chuck. I've been I I get I like weird. Um, watching Mazikeen's storyline um, gave me a lot of feelings. And lots of feelings, some good, some bad. Um, and I gotta agree, I like the detective Amenadiel. I like seeing more Amenadiel. I love seeing more Ella. I really like seeing the dynamics between all of the characters beyond just Lucifer and Chloe and then whoever Lucifer happens to be talking to at the time. Um, I really enjoy exploring those other relationships and I feel like all shows are better for exploring beyond their like two main leads. Um, so yeah, I guess that's my general thing. I'm pretty excited to see what happens the big twist at the spoiler alert end with Ella was not a surprise to me at all. <laughs> but the other one was pretty cool. So, yeah. I'm excited to see where it goes. Awesome. And I think Susie's having technical difficulties, so I'm just going to go ahead and go with my thoughts, and then we'll hop back to her if she's able to get back on. Um, just my general thoughts. I am very, very mixed on this season so far. And I loved season four. I um, And I love parts of this season. I love, for the most part, what they were doing with Chloe and Lucifer. I have some issues with that, too. Um, I love Amenadiel in this season a lot. Um, I loved Dan in this season up until a point. Um, I loved... Linda in this season so far. I love the little storyline they've given her, and we'll go into that more when we get to her. Um, I love that they're giving Ella more to do. I hated what they did with her story. 
Uh, we'll get into that. Um, my biggest issue with this season is is what they've done to Maze, and we're going to get into that because I am very, 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 very upset with what they're doing with that character. It pisses me off to no end. So we're going to definitely get into that. Um, but yeah, so I I'm very mixed. I mean, I'm glad. And we'll get into Lucifer and Chloe deeper because, as you may recall, in our last Lucifer episode, I was very upset that their relationship was so G-rated when this was Lucifer. (laughs) And their relationship was just so G-rated. So I'm glad that it kind of went to a PG-13 level. I'm not ready to say it's really R-rated. But so I'm glad they kind of... (laughs) I feel like there was too much (laughs) giggling and tickling for it to be R. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I kind of liked the I thought that was adorable. I thought it was... I loved it. (laughs) <laughs> but it was no like, like bathtub full of lube that you've been dying for. <laughs> I can say I wanted that. that call that. back, call back to the first <laughs> podcast recording. Nice callback. <laughs> but yeah, it's not quite to the R level I want yet, but it's getting there. <laughs> well, there's still a half season left. Maybe they just, you know. It's COVID times. Maybe they needed to go and like special order the room. Oh, that's what we need to have is a quarantine episode of Lucifer. Yes, just exactly. that's all Aaron wants, you guys. Yeah. Just um, that's all just I'm at home. <laughs> oh, Susie, who's also supposed to be on this episode, is having some technical difficulties. So we're going to keep going, and hopefully, she'll be able to jump back in and join us. Um, But now let's get into more of the show. As you may recall, the end of season four ended with Lucifer going back to hell. So I want to briefly talk about that because basically that was over in about two seconds flat. But Lucifer in the start of season five is in hell. Um, And I just want to get everybody's thoughts on how they handled that storyline since it was over in the blink of an eye, basically. Um, because, of course, Michael, which we're going to get into Michael, um, you know, came back and then also God telling him in a deal, no one needs to be guarding hell. So to me, a very natural to me. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's what I was exactly thinking. Um, so, Carla, what are your thoughts on how they handled that? Okay. Again, with my comparison to Supernatural, where like they build up this this, you know, huge catastrophic thing that's supposed to happen. And they leave you on a cliffhanger with it. And you have all of these ideas like, oh, my God, this could possibly happen. That could possibly happen. And then what does end up happening is nothing. It's like an absolute anticlimactic resolution to that storyline. It's like, oh, my gosh, Chloe and Lucifer were so close to finally having everything that they had longed for for so long. And now he must go to hell in order to save humanity. And like 45 minutes into the episode it's like oh hello i'm back i'm lucifer morningstar now that with that voice his voice is no that's that's perfect that's a spot on tom ellis impression i think like, he would be impressed to be perfect he honest. would be i'm gonna take the i'm gonna take an audio clip i'm gonna send it you to him that, i think he needs to hear that yes for Rod, like just attack him on twitter yes there you go yes i'm lucifer and i'm back Tom Ellis, is this you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know, you must be so confused. Um, but but yeah, like, you know, he comes back for for Chloe and, and he, he's been 
out for what in his time is, you know, thousands and thousands of years, but it's been like basically 45 minutes on Earth. And I, I'm just like, okay, first of all, thank you for watching Supernatural along with like all thousands of us and just ripping off their like timeline and their penchant for um, just undercutting a very nicely built up storyline. But just maybe don't, because those are the things that suck about Supernatural. So, you know, hold off on that. But um, what I did like about what they did with the Hell thing was that, you know, they brought back that character, whose name I cannot remember at the moment, um, who I just, I, I, I love that they kept bringing him back in like little bits um, to do just, you know, fun little callbacks. Oh, yes, this guy that Lucifer kind of saved and gave stuff to, but now he's dead. And through him, Lucifer is going to realize that after thousands of years that he could have had for self-reflection down in hell, like, yes, he still misses Chloe. Duh. Okay. So all of that time he spent in therapy with Linda was for nothing. Good to know. Um, but I, I, I do like the way that, 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 um, that Lucifer's... Um, detective skills were still kind of there and the way that he was channeling Chloe, which I thought was pretty sweet. Um, now, at the same time that, you know, I've already like put it down and like punched it into the ground, but I will say that especially for a shortened season, it makes sense that they would have brought him back so quickly because there's only so much you can drag it out when you only have this very short amount of episodes and you're trying to, you know, it, quote unquote, supposed to be the last season and you're trying to wrap up the romantic storyline and the, the, um, the, the myth arc and all of this stuff. And you can't really do that when you have your main character away from all of the other main characters. Um, it's still made for a sucky beginning of the season, but I can also understand why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that and that character's Lee, by the way, that was in the. It's such a simple name. What is wrong with me? It's my middle name. No, I forgot it too, and I had to look up. I was. <laughs> I didn't think I'd remember, but yeah. you guys are both terrible. <laughs> we are both terrible. Yes, Judy, what are your thoughts about the way they handled Lucifer and Hell? Um. Yeah, that first episode, I have to agree, was kind of shaky. <laughs> um, you know, Lee's a fun little side character, but you know, the whole episode, a bit much. <laughs> um, I, I did like the fact that you know, this whole, the whole episode, you think that it's Lee's hell, and then it's twisted around that, you know, Lucifer's stuck there because of his own emotional issues so that was kind of a neat little twist on that but um again in a in a short season and a final season it did feel like a whole lot of episode um i don't know dedicated to i honestly i barely remember it you know <laughs> except for that end piece when we you know the twist um so yeah and and i do understand what you're saying carla about um how it was somewhat anticlimactic. I mean, you, you do have to get your main characters back together fairly quickly. We watched the show because 
the chemistry between these guys is amazing and the interactions. So yeah, we've got, you got to get Lucifer back, but it did feel like a bit of an anticlimactic way to do it. And honestly, I think Supernatural did it better. I mean, think of the first episode of season five. <laughs> You're just saying a lot. Exactly. Oh, ouch. <laughs> Oh, but I do have, um, you know, a thought about the um, Amenadale going down and babysitting hell for a little bit and then hearing the voice of God tell him, oh, everything's fine. You can just leave hell alone. So if Michael has actually been manipulating all of this all along, including God, maybe, um, is hell really in that good a shape? Um, I'm I'm feeling like that wasn't really God talking. I mean, we know that that uh, Michael's a good mimic, um, so it may not have been God at all, or it may have been him manipulating God. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm definitely not feeling like hell's in good shape. And uh, Megan, I agree with you. I'm a little I'm a little concerned about Charlie. <laughs> He's he's very interested in that devil face. <laughs> yeah, I loved that though. <laughs> that was, yeah, so, was adorable, but was it was so like, oh, oh boy. <laughs> but that's that's a good point. I didn't even think about that, which is silly that it could be Michael manipulating the whole thing because it did seem too easy. I mean, yeah. I was like, really? I feel okay. I, I'm listening. To like, I feel like I'm the only person who doesn't think this hell thing is over. Like, Carla, I love you so much, but you're you're completely wrong. Like, this storyline's just done. It's not done. Come on, it's and not also, done. But, but and also, so, could one that he have a hand in um in creating the whole Chloe thing? You know, uh, if he's been manipulating uh, things for thousands of millennia or whatever up in heaven. Could he have orchestrated this whole Chloe thing from the beginning and why? So there, there may be a whole lot more going on there than we know about, I think. I don't know. <laughs> that makes it more interesting. Too. Yeah. It's further ruining the name Michael for me. <laughs> Is there any show that will just treat a Michael in a way that will make me not hate the name? No, because all um, Michaels are scientifically proven. No, I'm just kidding. I have. I, I used to think that about Chris's. I used to think all Chris's were evil and awful. So. <laughs> I mean, Space Jam is pretty good. <laughs> well, there you have it. The one Michael you can count on, Carla. There you go. <laughs> Meg, what, do you have anything else to add there with you? I, I actually kind of enjoyed the the hell storyline with Lucifer. I wish it had gone on longer, but like you said, it's an eight episode first half of the season, so you can't keep him there forever. Um, like I said, I don't think this hell thing is done. I didn't for a second think as soon as and many was like, oh yeah, God said everything's cool. I was like, eh. you tell me y'all have been around since the beginning of time, and it's just that easy to trick you. Right. Like, okay, deal. And Lucifer didn't even think to go down and check. Like, to just pop down. You got wings. You can just go for a oh, day I trip. Okay. Why? Why doesn't he just commute? I mean, like, the same thing. <laughs> I mean, we can, oh, no, we can just up there working with Chloe. I mean, that's a hell of a commute. 
Ah, I mean, you could it. listen to our podcast. Probably make it easier. Just make it, a, <laughs> make it make it a nine to five. Then you can still have quote nine to five in hell is only like twenty minutes on earth. You can still, you can go on his lunch break. Right? Come on. Um, I really liked the aesthetics of hell though. On a totally different note, I I thought those were very pleasing. Um, I love seeing Lee. He is the poorest sack of shit I have ever seen. Um, <laughs> he can't catch up. You know, like I watch him, like oh, this guy cannot catch a break, and then I'm like wait, he doesn't really deserve one. <laughs> what is so? I I thought that was I thought that was good seeing kind of the little bit of the darker side of Ella that we're kind of seeing peek through. Um, in this episode, I thought was really interesting too. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I I kind of dug it. I I would have liked for it to go on a little longer, but like you guys said, we can't just keep him separated. I have thoughts about Michael, but that's gonna come later. So yeah. <laughs> and and Susie is is able to join us now. So Susie, <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts overall since you missed this part on on season five? Just your brief thoughts on on the season so far. Uh, we're gonna delve into everything deeper, and then your thoughts on Lucifer and Hell and how they handled that in the first couple of episodes. So uh, I was pretty okay. So let me explain beforehand that the concept of 5A and 5B has yet to like grasp itself into my mind because I thought like oh okay the whole season's gonna come out I'm gonna binge it it'll be great and then you said we were gonna do half the season so I thought okay so does that mean I only watch half of the episodes that they put out (laughs) and then later we'll talk about the rest and I was thinking about that and then I saw how many episodes there were and I was like wait a second this this can't be it. There's just eight of them? What? We're only going to talk about the first four, though. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> so I said, okay, I'm going to watch that's the four. My so then I got to four, and I was like, that's ah, great. I'm going to watch the rest. Like <laughs> <laughs> doing homework. <laughs> I'll, I'll watch. So I watched the rest. And then, and then everyone was talking about, oh, the first half of the season. And then I was like, what? There's, there's, there's two parts. <laughs> So there's the second part, apparently. Yeah, the same thing always happens whenever I watch other shows and they're like, oh, the first half of the show. And I'm like, that's not the full season. This is something else. (laughs) So, so, but, um, I did, I did really enjoy, um, just like the little, the, the progression that we see with, um, like Lucifer and Chloe's relationships and, it was interesting to see the introduction of some new characters who apparently have never been I don't think they've been mentioned before um like even, like Michael he I don't think he was ever mentioned before and even though they were all talking about their siblings at a certain point like yeah I don't think like, so. he, oh he's Romeo briefly mentioned, he's briefly mentioned when um Lucifer calls him Menadio Michael like in the first season and the Menadio's like don't call me that and I was like Aren't you Michael and just a different name? And that's it. Mm. I'm I'm a really cool person, and I remember really important things. <laughs> no, yes, thank you. Because I was because I was like I don't think he's been like mentioned before or or anything. Or at least not that I thought he was. Um, 
And it was kind of funny to see the reaction that baby Charlie had to his uncle Snow. <laughs> yes. And I I will say, um, the whole like hell hell like sub story was like pretty funny because okay, when we when I first saw Lee, I did not know his name. But I saw him and I was like, <laughs> wait, did I click on the wrong show? I didn't know his name until about five minutes ago. So you're good. Because it starts with him and I was like Wait a second, and then when he went downstairs to get changed, I was like, oh, "Set it out, bitch!" I was like, "That's him!" <laughs> oh, okay, okay. So, and then with Lucifer sat at the bar. I was like, "Wait, what?" He went back up, and he didn't. What is this? And then the whole health, but with the whole thing of like Metadale just popping out and saying, "Oh yeah, God told me stuff was cool, so I came back up." And I felt like it was really weird for him to say that because essentially since the beginning of the show, all everyone has been trying to do is get Lucifer back to hell. Even Amenadiel was down there for a bit before he went to go get Lucifer. And then um, and then when he's down there for just like a few seconds, minutes maybe, it, he just gets told to like, come back so yeah so I feel like that that was like ended a little bit too quickly so I feel like there could be maybe some more going on with that maybe in the latter half of the season who knows but uh, yeah it's just it was like wait a second this the whole show has been him has been trying to get him Mm -hmm. down to hell and then he gets to go back up but I will say it does seem like he has a very good like boss employee relationship with his demons (laughs) <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, you guys, you guys can take a break." And, oh yeah, just, oh, just give us a second. We're talking through family stuff. You guys didn't know this, but Hell's actually a union shop. All right, they get breaks. They get vacation. <laughs> Come on, I love the demons. Sorry. <laughs> no, yeah, the demons are just like, so do we get back to work or just uh... no, just yeah. go terrorize this guy in a in a cage. <laughs> So then, so then the demons are dressed like clowns in hell. It's just too much. (laughs) So then it sounds like a lot of us agree that, well, now, especially since, since Judy brought it up of that, you know, this might be something that maybe Michael is manipulating. Um, Yeah. That there might be more to it that maybe it wasn't God. Do you, do you agree with that theory there, Susie? Oh yeah. He's a little, Sniveling, conniving little weasel. Guys, sibling is a weasel. Yeah, and and I, you know, I think the hell storyline was. I think Supernatural is the perfect, perfect comparison for the way they handled it because that's the way Supernatural does a lot of their storylines. Is you know, it'll be just one episode and everything's okay. And I think sometimes it's handled better than other times in Supernatural. Like I think. Um, the first episode of season four is hands down one of the best episodes ever of that show. And that was one where, you know, spoiler alert for Supernatural. <laughs> it's been 11 uh, years, four, I think. Yeah. <laughs> it happens in 
decade ago. We're good. <laughs> Dean crawling out of, you know, Dean coming back from hell and crawling out of the grave. I think the the first few minutes of that episode, you know, again, make me want to yell and scream, why doesn't Jensen Ackles have an Emmy? Anyway, but 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 I think that's kind of a theme in this season of Lucifer is them stealing from other shows. When we get into talking about Ella, I will tell you why I think they stole from Dexter. And that doesn't belong on this show, and that's why it made me angry. But, uh, but yeah, I, th- I think it's interesting that they're kind of I- – I think what's going on is this show was a network show for so long, and now they're on Netflix. And I think they have a little bit more room to try and push boundaries, but they don't know how to push those boundaries yet. And so I think they're just kind of finding their footing. I think they did it really well in, in season four, but I think they're just kind of stumbling along right now. And I think that might be part of it with hell, but also I do agree with what Judy said and what Meg said and what Susie said that, yeah, we're definitely not done with it. Probably. Um, I, my guess is a lot of that's going to come up in the latter half of season five. Um, and of course, because they've got to keep throwing wrenches into Lu- Lucifer and Chloe's relationship, that'll probably be one of those. Um, but you know, like you're saying, can't he just stay down there for a little bit and then hop back up? It seems to be really easy for him to just come back up and down. Why can't that. they all take turns? Why can't all the angels just go. spend yeah. a couple I hours mean, down there? Like, I mean, come on. If Maze wants to go back to hell so bad, just let her run it. She'd yes. be great. Hey, maybe that'll happen. I don't know. That's that's true. Ooh, I don't <laughs> think Maze is the, is the best <laughs> choice to run hell. Oh, I'm not sure. whining about it. That's true. Yeah, I don't know why he doesn't. I know why he. I don't know why he doesn't just take her back. Like he can take her back anytime. When she she's getting cranky and she's getting crabby, just be like, it's time time to go home. Do take what a nap. You do. And then, take a nap. And then eat a Snickers. Eat a Snickers. <laughs> let's let's actually let's jump around here before we get into Lucifer and, Lucifer and Chloe. I actually think we should get into Michael first because Michael, oh. of course, comes in. <laughs> In the first episode, and he comes in when um, Lucifer, when Lucifer, when Chloe is in the middle of a shootout with Lee's sister. Not Lee's sister isn't the one shooting; it's people that murdered Lee are shooting at them. And then, quote unquote, Lucifer, who you think is Lucifer, of course, if you watch the preview, you knew it wasn't Lucifer. Comes in, and Chloe, of course, knows right away even though she doesn't say it until a little bit let that something's off with him. And you find out that it's Michael, Lucifer's twin brother, Michael, uh, who has an interesting American accent. Um, <laughs> Tom Ellis did, so we're going to talk about that. Um, so what are your general overall thoughts on Michael, Carla? Okay, I'm going to start with the positive, which is that <laughs> Tom Ellis's American accent is fantastic and just made my day and I thought it was hilarious that they chose <laughs> to do that which leads me into the not so great stuff which is why why an American accent like I it just they're twins what sense is that? Yeah, they're both angels. Well, I don't know what they're both angels. So Lucifer having a British accent just makes just as much sense no, as I Michael mean, having an American accent. They're angels. Like, why do any of them? Why? in the ways in which you're not making sense. So, I did not realize that the English were literally angels. I mean, right. and Americans are literally. DB Woodside is Tom Ellis's brother. Yes, and he has an American accent. 
And then also typically aren't like the bad guys British. I mean, hello again, supernatural with the British men of letters. We 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 they're just we throwing just... everything. They're throwing everything around, man. The Brits are bad this time. <laughs> but, okay. I think it's because the British accent is a lot more alluring and sexy to us, and then having the English one because Michael is such a sniveling weasel. Right. If it's more because it's American. <laughs> but, but I am very interested in finding out about the sniveling weasel's shoulder and how his wing isn't as high because something must have happened. Yeah. Um, but you know, maybe it's fed into this bitterness. But on the you know, like I, I wanna know the story behind that. Um, because if it's just to make a market difference between the two brothers, then that's like pushing into into uh um the whole thing of making the bad guy ugly and um it, it pushes into like yeah it, it's an ableist thing and it's a, a huge problem in media that that oh well, well you know representation this guy's in a wheelchair but it's like always oh, the bad guy and if somebody is um particularly women if they're going to be evil it's like oh well she has she's going to have this horrible scar and that's just trash. So I want to know why they decided to have Michael have um, a you know not so high wing and then a bunchy shoulder. Um, and that beyond that, um, it's very interesting the way that they present Michael. Um, uh, and by interesting, I mean ripoffish, because Supernatural also presented Michael in a very similar way, where. Michael is uh is out to fulfill his own agenda where he is the um uh okay so I, I know that that this the kind of story with Michael and supernatural is that he's supposedly filling fulfilling God's agenda but then later on down the line we you know we realize that it's his interpretation of God's agenda so it's basically his agenda. Um, and with this, it's, you know, we don't know what Michael's endgame is. We don't know um, what the deal is, but we know that it's a self-serving thing. And I guess the, the big difference here is that it's clearly, clearly his own, um, he has some kind of plan and to get to, to get through it, he's just manipulating everything and everybody that he can. And it's almost... Uh, it makes me kind of think of Loki slash Gabriel in Supernatural. Um, in that he is uh, like the trickster kind of dude. Where he's... Uh, I'm sorry, I'm like falling apart over here. It's like, it's all perfectly structured in my head. <laughs> okay. I'm trying to like explain it to you. It's like, no, 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 no. No, I think, I think I see what you're saying. Yeah. Good. Thank you. At least one of us does. Um <laughs> But it, it just, it really, it kind of bothers me when a new party is brought in that's supposed to be family to these characters, and they're kind of just like out of nowhere. Although, I don't know, it, it just, it, it just doesn't really rub me the right way, except again for that awesome accent that just made me laugh over and over again. Judy, what are your thoughts on Michael? Um, yeah, so the accent threw me at first. 
I was like, what is this? Um, and it's it's not as bad as I thought it was at first. You know, my first, you know, when it first came out, I it I don't know, it it really threw me. Um, but then by the end of the season, I'm like, okay, it sounds better and better. And uh, on, upon rewatch, I'm like, okay, this isn't too bad. Um, I don't know, maybe it's an American accent because Americans are not exactly the uh, heroes of the world these days. <laughs> so it kind of makes sense that we're the villains, right? Um, but I am. Same as you. I'm interested to find out why he's sort of um, got the, you know, sort of lame-ish uh, wing and and shoulder. What happened? There's got to be a history there. I can't imagine it's just a an acting choice because the voice, you know, the accent alone does that for you. Like, we don't need that. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I'm very interested to to find out what what that history is. I mean, they're celestials. There's millions of years of history um, to pull from. And if heaven treats time the way hell does, then how long has Lucifer or has um, Michael been sitting at the right hand of God? And how long has he been whispering in his ear and i just you know it just kind of reminds me of that that dude from lord of the rings worm tongue or something whatever his name was it's been a while but it just it very much reminds me of that and although when god appeared like nobody kind of seemed to think oh he's under michael's spell like i didn't get that feeling at all um but the fact that michael's been manipulating things for a long time and feels like all of this is going his way i'm very interested to see what what all he has manipulated and why where we're going here just and, I, I and wanna, sorry just want to go back to one thing because it just occurred to me and i've been rolling it over <clears> that regardless of whether they explain it as a um the wing thing as some damage that he incurred it still would feel to me like uh, an ableistic concept because no matter what the end they still chose to portray him as uh, somebody with a, a disability of, of a sort so just wanted to go back to my thought on that uh, yeah so I actually have a theory to, for me my little brain about Michael and why his wing is damaged and why he is how he is. I don't. I don't necessarily see what you're talking about, Carla. As far as the same as supernatural, I think they're actually kind of different in that um, their motivations are really different. I think, um, and Michael's not. Michael isn't so much portrayed as a weasel so much in supernatural. I think he's more portrayed as someone who is the oldest brother taking care and stepping up when dad's quote unquote not home. Um, as far as Michael in Lucifer goes, and I could be wrong. It could be because I haven't, um, done a lot of catechism in many, many years, but if I recall correctly, Lucifer is God's favorite son. Right. And his most beautiful son. Right. Well, Michael, Exactly. Everything like that. Michael is the oldest and his brother is is the favorite. His brother who rebelled. 
And I can see where a lot of that bitterness between Michael and Lucifer can kind of stem from that of a genuine kind of sibling rivalry, especially if it's your twin, um, to kind of see how that goes. It's really interesting that it looks like their lore in Lucifer, which is different than Supernatural. Supernatural, as far as I recall, angels are just become fully fledged. They don't grow. You know, they're not like little kids who grow up. And it seems like angels and Lucifer are actually children at one point who grow up. Um, but that's a whole different other other kind of weird theory. But as far as those wings, I kind of feel like my personal theory is that that was damage done when Lucifer rebelled and Michael fought against it. Um, I think it would. I'm, I'm not. I'm not trying to discount what you're talking about as far as ableism or anything like that. I just my theory is that Lucifer rebelled. Michael, of course, fought at God's side. Lucifer dealt some damage, and that just added more to the bitterness. And of course, Lucifer is still God's favorite. God still gave Lucifer the quote unquote gift of Chloe, and all this other stuff. And I feel like so much of that animosity is just kind of, honestly, sibling rivalry. In to boil it down was that um, that Michael had a hand in Lucifer rebelling. Oh, absolutely. But I don't think he actually thought that it would go the way it did. I'm just talking, I'm just talking about, like, as far as the Bible lore goes, Michael fought at God's hand against Lucifer when he rebelled. And if that's why his, he has damage to his wing. That's my, that's just my, Huh? Well, right, you know, he's not that smart. (laughs) Being being manipulative and being smart are not the same thing. Um, (laughs) He's not that tactical. And yeah, I'm always happy to see more Tom Ellis. So that's fine. The American accent was fun. I liked it. I thought it was... I love how, like... It seems like actors from other countries are much better at doing American accents than Americans are doing Mm -hmm. other accents. But it's always, like, the generic American accent, because we all sound different. (laughs) Or Southern. I think a lot of them can do Southern and nothing else. Yes. Think Uh, of uh, The Walking Dead. Yeah. And my, like, (laughs) Midwestern... See, and I don't even feel like I have an accent, but then I talk to other people, and they're like, Oh, hey there, how's it going, sis? And I realize I'm wrong. But that's totally off track. I, I made a goal to not talk for 800 hours at a time. <laughs> well, how'd that go? Well, I'm just going real good, Carla. Thanks. Um, Susie, Susie, what are your thoughts on Michael? Uh, so, Michael, hate him. Yeah. <laughs> really good job there. Um, I do want to say, though, Meg, that you are correct in that um, injury being um, caused during, like, the Heaven-Lucifer uh, War. Uh, be- well, in well, at least, because um, in the DC comics, his rebellion was defeated by Michael because Michael used some sort of power of God. And whilst they were, f- him and all the other angels were falling, another fallen angel stabbed Michael in the shoulder. So oh, I was right and, and took That's him great. and took him prisoner to a like a like another dimension or reality or something. So, in a way, you are right, but I wonder if that will like factor into like how they explain away the no, shoulder, like the- like if it was caused by 
by um by like Lucifer himself or by some other demon and or how they're gonna like explain that and how they're gonna I'm just really enjoying being right. So let's let, let it happen. <laughs> She's no, like, yes! it happens all the time. So I should really kind of humble up with it, but <laughs> So, but I do think I, well, it does seem well. It is like in comic canon, it is caused from the Heaven War. So I, I just wonder how they're going to explain that in the show. Like if it was caused by Lucifer himself or someone else or or another factor. Um, but the accent. Uh, there's another TV show that Tom did called Rush, where he plays a doctor to like the rich and famous and supplies them with drugs or whatever. I don't I don't know too much about it, but I have seen his accent work in that. The American accent is marginally better than what he shows in Lucifer, so I just wonder if it was just being out of practice that kind of presents the accent a little bit weird. But I do think like the American accent also is a very good character choice for Michael because we are all very used to like Tom Ellis's dulcet velvety voice <laughs> just speaking sweet accented British nothings and Charlie like oh yes I will tempt you to the dark side oh yes please. I'm not like Carla's impression then <laughs> no but down. hold on like the, the British accent I really like uh, well, this is a natural accent it's really good but the American accent I think is also really good like I don't know if he chose to do the accent himself or if it was asked of him to do but I think it's a very good way to like create a difference between the two characters because we're all used to like the British accent which is like in a way very comforting very like normalized for us now being in a season five however seeing his the same face but speaking in an American accent is very jarring and it also helps create like a sense of distrust like this isn't the accent I'm familiar with this isn't the same like character I'm used to um it, it's also very interesting to see like also the different like fashion and clothing style between the two so, you know lucifer has like his suits and stuff but michael has more like the i think the sweaters or sweater vest underneath his suit jackets and things so his tones are a little bit more i don't know i guess you could say like more cool earthy earthy yeah i think earthy yeah which it's also yeah. just like interesting yeah, that is interesting. I, I mean, I had noticed it, but just hadn't really noticed it. Yeah, I um, I liked, not liked, but I liked having the character there at the beginning. And then by the end of the season, I was like, I hate that he's here. I hate this. I just hate him. And I think a lot of that is, I, I just don't like what they're doing with the character. And, and I think it's because I actually really like the Michael character on Supernatural, and I wish they had given him more attention instead of stupid Lucifer on Supernatural. I'm talking about the Lucifer Supernatural, not the Lucifer Lucifer. Um, <laughs> and I don't think this Michael and Supernatural Michael are anything alike because the Supernatural Michael is a lot more capable in my mind. Um, it's not as weaselly. Um, yep, absolutely. Is more is stronger, is more interesting. Um, has a lot, and I don't, I not maybe not depth, but there's just something a lot more interesting about him, in my opinion. Um, and I think he's written a little bit better. Um, 
you know, I, I, I have really mixed feelings about when um, Dean became Michael. I actually was not a fan of that. And I wanted to be because I love Dean so much, but I really wasn't a fan of that. But I liked Michael in, in Supernatural. But this Michael, to me, uh, he's kind of like nails on a chalkboard. And that's nothing against Tom because I think Tom is doing what he's supposed to be doing and he's doing a really good job. And, you know, I, I love Tom and I love watching him, but honestly, I can't stand watching Michael. Um, and I hope that it isn't an ableist thing that they're doing here with him. Um, and you know, when you said Carla with the scar, I mean, they even had Lucifer give Michael the cut on his face. So they even had a scar. Yeah, so that, you know, uh, but I love the American accent. I think that was the perfect choice for the character because of how Weasley he is. I just think it fit. And I think the way that he does it is perfect because it's almost like Michael really doesn't have an American accent. He's just taking it on. It's almost like he's watched a lot of humans uh, in America and he thinks that's the way they talk. So he's like, okay, I'm going to talk this way. And that just fits his character. So I think it really, really works. And I do like how you can really tell, and you could tell from the beginning, that this was not Lucifer. Um, I think Tom is doing a really good job with that. I just am not a fan of the character. I liked him at first. I thought it was interesting. Uh, I will say I am so, so, so glad that they did not have Chloe fall for it for very long. Because, number one, it wouldn't make sense. Number two, you would have been going into a whole consent issue thing there. Mm -hmm. So I am really glad. And I had had a feeling she figured it out because I was watching her. I'm like, she knows. And I loved the way she played with Michael. And I loved the way she manipulated him. And I loved how she proved it by shooting him. Um. Yeah, I thought that was great. And I was I was so thankful for that because I was really worried, and I know a lot of people were, from the preview that she was going to have sex with him. And that would have been so wrong and really would have gotten into a lot of consent issues there. So I'm really glad that didn't happen. Um, I will say that, yeah. So, so let's get into Lucifer and Chloe because... Um, that's a big focus, of course, of every single season of Lucifer. So how are you liking the direction they're taking Lucifer and Chloe, Carla? Okay, I'm feeling very roller coaster about it right now because it starts, starts off really strong where, you know, they have this longing, but there's a connection. And like you pointed out, she quickly figures out like super fast that this is not Lucifer and she's just kind of biding her time until she can really prove one way or the other, which I really, I, I really did love. I, I thought that was great. And just like, like you said, I was so worried about them sleeping together um, because yeah, consent issues. And it, it, it's, it's, it's a horrible thing to do to a character anyway, but um, it, you know, they start, getting together and then these little obstacles again, little obstacles, little obstacles. And it's, it's just so tedious and so boring. And like Meg said in the last episode, which I listened to in preparation for this one, haha, go me. (laughs) Um, It's, there's no reason to shy away from showing characters as couples, as as being interesting because there's plenty of interesting stuff that happens once people get together it doesn't have to be like oh well that's the end of the show folks you know like now it's boring from here on out just because it started sucking on lois and clark the new adventures of superman 
doesn't mean that it has to be applied for every other show on the planet. <laughs> but yeah, it, that's just, you know, that's down to poor writing. You know, if you can't keep your characters interesting after they've become a couple, if you've been relying on, um, on outside BS as a crutch to keep them apart and to keep the tension going, then that's on you, buddy. You know, like, write better. Because there's plenty of, of, of tension that can come with a, a stable couple. There's no reason to assume that, well, psh, that's the end of, of, the, of the sizzle. Not at all. Um, so, yeah, it, it's her um, finding out that she's a gift from God, which I think is hilarious, by the way. You know, like, I, I like to tell my husband that, that I'm a gift from God. For him and now it's taken as a bad thing i'm like you know what you guys can go to hell because it serves with being a gift from god just suck it up um but it, it just I, I completely understand why she would be reeling from it but also it's a show and can we move this along can she like deal with it a little bit faster than this because we only have we're on the clock here we don't have that many episodes left. Just we gotta get that lube tub for Aaron. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> lube tubs don't fill themselves. Nope, nope. Um, so Did you say lube tub. Lube tub. Oh, that's all Aaron wants from this season. Yes, all she wants it's is a call back to the first Lucifer one. <laughs> I love how you're getting like super red. It's like like you didn't bring this on yourself. I know she's blushing. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but, but yes. Just like the camera was a bad idea. That's what Amazon Lucifer. Prime is for, man. <laughs> you get that tub and you get that loop two days max. Have you seen that, like, I don't know, what is it like a 15 gallon, like, oil drum thing just full of lube? <laughs> Of those bad they, boys call it, they call it the Aaron special. <laughs> okay, so back to what you were saying, Carla. <laughs> well, I was talking about the, the type of loop, but immediately um... regretting letting, having me come on again. She's like, you sure you're not tired, Megan? <laughs> Remember, I can kick you off. No, I'm just kidding. But, but yeah, it, it just you know, you've gotten them together, they slept together, the day after they sleep together, we don't even get, as fans, we don't get, like, a, a cozy afterglow. We get, like, drama for no good reason. Just let them enjoy the moment. Why Why do this? Again, it comes down to, to writing and to the crutches that writers use to create tension. Just stop it. Stop it. I forbid it. No more. Bad. Other than that, good. I like seeing them together. I like um, when they're enjoying each other. One thing that I will say about Chloe, though, the Chloe and Lucifer relationship. Okay. This has bothered me from the beginning, is that as a mom, I can tell you that if a guy I'm interested in only shows like tolerance for my kid and just kind of puts up with them, that's a guy that I'm not dating. I don't care how hot he is and how nice he looks <laughs> in uh, 
when you're facing like just the, the butt side, I don't care. If he's not interested in my child as a human being, if he tolerates them just to like eventually like bone me, no. It's I mean, there are days when I just tolerate my kids. So I yeah, can understand. They're your kids. So that's different. <laughs> I need someone to be interested in my kid when I'm not. No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's how partnership parenting works. I mean, come on. Not just the kids, but I mean, he's often just barely interested in anybody but Lucifer. Like, yeah. he is the most narcissistic, self centered. It bothers the hell. I mean, God, we love him, but. Oof. Yes. But great well, dad, I, it's great dad material. I love, I personally, as someone who, um, no offense, because three of you are moms on here, as someone who personally uh, tolerates most children. <laughs> oh, same. I personally, yeah, okay, so I, I, I love you. Lucifer. Got it. I love, yeah, I love Lucifer and children. I mean, and it's not that I, to- I shouldn't say just tolerate because I like a lot of my friends' kids and love them, but you know, I, I actually love that whole thing, but I totally get that as someone who was raised by a single mom. Um, I can't imagine my mom, you know, my mom dated a, f- a few guys when we were growing up and I can't imagine her dating someone who would have been like, I hate kids. <laughs> right. like, I'm not going to play now. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I kind of love him. I kind of love his and Trixie's little back and forth that they have. But I don't think anyone is under any illusions that Lucy, or Lucy, Lucifer and Chloe are going to be getting married or anything like that. Like, I, how do you marry? Like, how do, would that even work? He's the he's actually a devil. He's the. I devil. mean, she was made and for him. Have immortal, and she's not. Yeah, there's. there's hey, a lot let's of... go for our non-traditional families, man. They don't have to get married. Fine, <laughs> God's just gonna bless her and be like, you get to live forever. But, like, the kid's going to live for a while, so... No, I'm kidding. No, but I I, I see what you're saying. It never really bothered me, and maybe that's probably because I'm not a parent. But it actually, I mean, well, it is kind of weird. But I actually think that Lucifer likes Trixie. That's personally, I think he really likes her. Um, Mm -hmm. I think he didn't at first, but I think now he really does. Um, and I think you kind of saw that in episode four of season five um, in the beginning, because he's telling her that story. And even though he's acting annoyed with her, I think he really actually really likes her a lot. Um, and I think he's grown to like her because she's a part of um, Chloe. But I, I just think like, I, I just don't enjoy that dynamic. Because mm-hmm. it's, you know, if you're just talking about a kid growing up, being exposed to something like that, that that's just the... Uh... It just bothers me. And, you know, it's it, it, the same thing with this, the way he treats Maze, where mm-hmm. she's just kind of there and um, she's just part of his world, whether he likes it or not. And Everybody's a tool for him. Exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. And that, it bothers me, particularly when it's a kid and when it's the kid of the love interest. Judy, what do you think about the way they're handling uh, Lucifer and Chloe so far? Yeah, well, um, to to build off of what Carla said about the, you know, how he treats uh, Trixie, I think that relationship has definitely built. But, oh my gosh, if I were, I, I noticed that even more so the way he treats Chloe in their their work partnership. I mean, oh my gosh, 
I would fire anybody who behaved like him in a minute. <laughs> that would drive me absolutely up a wall. But that aside, that aside, um, so I, I love a good slow burn um, as much as anybody else. I mean, my favorite fic in the world, I think it was like half a million words before they even kissed, right? So <laughs> I love a good slow burn. And I thought that the end of season four, when they put the um, sort of confessions uh, in that last episode, and then Lucifer went to hell to save the world, I thought it was beautiful. It was perfect placement. Absolutely. Just just right. Um, but I completely agree. I don't want them to keep the keep going with on again, off again, on again, off again. It will get tedious. Um that said, I really think that Chloe needed to have that time to um, adjust to finding out that that she had been manipulated. And, well, everybody, this whole thing had been a manipulation. Um, and she deserved to have that time because Lucifer took the same time to deal with the exact same thing. Um, in previous seasons, you know, when he found out that she was made for him, he had his own little breakdown. And uh, so I'm I think that's really good that she took the time to do that. Um, I also find it interesting that this it's such a pattern in the show that the women are created for the men. Um, Chloe was created for Lucifer. Mays is a tool for Lucifer. Eve was created for Adam and all of the women are dealing with this same thing. So I just, I just find that that's an interesting pattern um, with this show and I'll be interested to see, um, I don't know what, what they, what they do with that. And if she can, if they can break past this, um, I guess sort of fate or, predestination and sort of write their own story. Mm -hmm. um, but the one thing that really pinged in my mind or like I noticed um, when uh, Michael was talking, I think it was Mike. Oh no, 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 it wasn't Michael. It was Lucifer was talking to Chloe's ex and Chloe's ex put it right out there. You know, the, that Chloe loved the will they or won't they once we hooked up, she lost interest. Um, you know, there's no more mystery. She loves to solve the the puzzle. I hope that wasn't the writers telling us that's how they feel. <laughs> <You know>? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah, that's how I feel about Lucifer and Chloe this season. <laughs> and Meg. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I kind of already got to the point where it felt tedious this season not the I thought with Chloe finding out about her the predestination and trying to deal with like fate and not having free will I can understand and you're right Lucifer got the same got time to deal with that and I think that was that was fine for Chloe to to try and work through her feelings for that and I'm glad they didn't spend the entire season uh, half the season doing that um, my issue with it with what they're doing right now comes more from the mojo episode. Like even just the last two episodes, like I get Lucifer that it's been like a couple thousand years, I guess, since you went to therapy. Um, 
<laughs> but this is not how you deal with being scared to be vulnerable in a relationship. Sorry, buddy. Um, I just kind of feel like his pulling away and putting these walls up that he never, even when he first met Chloe, never seemed to have an issue. Like, And they say he made the choice to be vulnerable around her, um, even subconsciously when they first met so to have this like the end of this half of the season be him like rebuilding these walls and suddenly he's invulnerable around her again and he gets his mojo back i really hate that honestly aside from the fact that it just feels like it's a it's stupid um it it is it's just stupid um and i understand chloe that you're feeling a little self-conscious and maybe need a little bit of reassurance and everything like that but I feel like at the end of season four he may not have said I love you straight out but he literally said Eve wasn't my first love you are what the hell does she think that means like I that part was just that just kind of who knows who knows if he could or couldn't say it you know I mean he he when when time got frozen yeah yeah when time got frozen, he it looked like he was about to say, like, there's a legit reason I can't say those words for whatever reason. Um, but it just it just irritated me. It's like they I I agree that putting all these little roadblocks and obstacles, it's just annoying. Like there's a reason people don't get married the day before they die. There is life after your relationship, after you have a partnership. You know, it's not and it just it I found it really, really frustrating. Um, I didn't find it frustrating, like I said, that Chloe needed to take the time to deal with her feelings and emotions. Um, but once they finally get to a place where they can be together, all it takes for, like, Lucifer knows he's being manip- he's being manipulated. He knows all of this is going on, and yet still, somehow, he allows himself to believe that being vulnerable in a relationship or being with Chloe is the worst thing when he's already been doing that for years. So, I don't know. That's that's how I feel. A little harumphy. Yeah. And Susie? Uh, okay, so I'm going to start off with the sweet and then go into the little the saltiness. Um... I do like their little, like, dance around each other, at, like, in the beginning of, like, the series to now. Like, will they, won't they? Um, it did start to get a little bit, like, guys, could we, um, could we hurry this up? Come on. Just, come on. Move <laughs> faster. Move faster. Um, but seeing, just even, like, before knowing that they were going to sleep together, which, I mean, was probably inevitable. But in episode six, uh, Blue Balls... <laughs> When when they just, like, after they've had, like, their talk and when they show up to the crime scene, their hands just, like, go towards each other a little bit. Yes. And, that was, yes, and that was so that's sweet. Adorable. That was, like, Regency-era hand-holding. I was like, oh! <laughs> that's some, that's some flex. <laughs> I was swooning more about that than the actual, like, getting together and sleeping together. I was like, oh, my God, there's death. Oh. Well, that, aw- that awkwardness when you first get together with someone is always really sweet. Like, oh, look, we can touch hands now. <laughs> <laughs> Show me your ankle. 
Oh! And then them, like, getting together in the next episode and having Ella ask her, like, did you guys sleep together? Okay. Yeah, okay. You guys didn't, you don't have to tell me. I know. I have to stop asking. It's your... What? <laughs> she gets all surprised. That was um, really funny and, like, enjoyable, like, seeing such a positive response from her friends in her life about, like, oh, this new relationship. Yay, you guys finally did it. Um, that being said, Lucifer sucks as a significant other. Listen, I don't care yes. much for kids. <laughs> I don't, I get asked this at every family reunion. Are you having children? No, I do not plan to, nor do I want to. But I can still get, like, the 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 love that goes into raising a child and being there for them, having them in your life. I just, I couldn't fathom being with someone who is really rude to your kid. Thank you. He he kind of he okay. He sucks as like a, a, a parental figure, and I it kind of bugs me how he's always treated Trixie, and it always bugs me how they've treated Trixie in particular as a plot point rather than her own character. It's just like oh she's a plot point for Lucifer. Oh she's a plot point for Maze. Oh she's a she's a plot point for that. Um, and I just, I, and as I I forget who said that, um, that he probably likes her because she's represents Chloe and like, she's a part of Chloe. We also have to wonder if he dislikes her because she's half Dan. We know that this man has no love for Dan. And like the rest of us. No, not entirely. I know, I know, I'm joking. Disagree. I'm a Dan fan. Oh, I'm with the wrong group. I need to go back to the other podcast group. (laughs) But, like, if you take into consideration, he's a very bad boyfriend in the sense that he is also very emotionally immature. Like, any roadblock that comes towards him and his relationship and his perceived sense of self, he immediately, like, shuts down and becomes very childish. Like, with the whole, like, stolen mojo thing, like, he's like, oh, my God, I lost my mojo. I can't focus on anything else other than my mojo. Like, you can't take a moment and be like, oh, yes, my relationship has gone to the next level. I'm going to revel in this for a little bit. No, it's my mojo, my mojo, ah! I mean, yeah, but I would expect at least a little bit of growth. Like, yes. mm-hmm. instead of being so emotionally insecure, rather I would rather him have been like, yay, we share this mojo. This is something we can do together now. And this they even awesome. did that parallel with Ella and Pete. But, you know, all for nothing, because he was still like pouty pouty. Oh, my mojo is gone. And he also becomes very like one-minded when it comes to chloe so he becomes a very bad friend very bad brother like nothing matters matters other than other than chloe gosh (laughs) like maze is trying to connect like communicate with him like do you think i'm gonna be alone forever like this relationship with eve really like, messed me up a little bit because she generally cared about her. At least it seems she did. And he's like, yeah, I don't care. I'm more worried about where Chloe is. So you just shut up. That and the whole, like, hey, brother, I need you to stay in hell even though you have a newborn child to take care of. Because Chloe, Chloe's 
Clothes upset. I need to go fix that. And even Linda tells him, like, can you get the father of my child back? And he's like, no, Chloe's upset with me. I need to fix this. Then I'll get him back. So mm-hmm. it's just like he it's it's really cute to see them together, but also in a way they kind of don't improve as people, or especially Lucifer does. Like he he doesn't improve from this relationship, or at least not that I've seen. Maybe it'll change. Um, in the second half, I really hope it does. But as it is, he's just like, no, no, just Chloe, Chloe, Chloe. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I agree with a lot of what people have said. Um, I will say I thought episode five and episode six were nearly perfect episodes. And a lot of the reason I thought they were is I I loved Lucifer and Chloe in those episodes. Um, I do think that Chloe did deserve that time to deal with finding out that she was a gift from God. Um, You know, she really did deserve that time. Um, That's a big, huge thing to drop on somebody and to know that somebody who never lies kept that from you. I think that would hurt even more because it's somebody who's supposed to always be telling the truth. And even though he was never asked about it, so he can say he didn't lie. He did kind of lie. He never told her. He kept that from her. So I think she deserved that time. And I'm really glad she found out, but I'm glad it didn't dominate the whole thing. And I love the scene between Lucifer and Chloe at the piano is probably one of my favorite scenes between them because you see so much vulnerability from both of them and so much honesty in that scene. Um, And you see Lucifer coming to a realization about himself that they end up throwing into the garbage in episode seven. But anyway, but you do see him come to that realization of like, oh, yes, I'm making myself vulnerable with her. And this is a good thing. And the fact that they have their G-rated kiss and then it goes into a more intimate kiss. And I'm not just saying that to be like a perv. I'm just saying that it just (laughs) it just feels more real and honest with who these characters are, especially who Lucifer is. So I liked seeing more passion behind that kiss um, and more love behind that kiss. And I agree, Meg. I mean, come on, Chloe. Lucifer said he loved you, basically. He didn't say the words, I love you, but he said you were the love of his life. I mean, you don't need to. I mean, I get it. She wants to hear him actually say the words, but she's being a little bit grade school about that. I think personally, it's a a non-issue. Yeah, it's, I feel like it's such an unfair trope to be like, I have to, like, why does she have to be so, like, not even that emotionally needy, but why does that have to be such a sticking point? I think for... somebody needs to gift her the five love languages, and then everything will be better. Yeah, <laughs> Lucifer's love language is, what, do- domineering narcissism? <laughs> yes, there you go. <laughs> well, and, he, and I think he was about to say that before everything got frozen. I think he was about to say, I love you. Yeah. Because in Lucifer's mind, he's like, what the heck are you talking about? What the hell? I told you I love you. I don't understand this. And the whole mojo thing is the most ridiculous, ludicrous, stupid thing. It makes no sense. Lucifer has grown a lot. And they just totally – this is my problem with this season is so many characters grew and they just totally erased it all. When we get to Dan, we'll talk about my problems with Dan towards the end of this first half but I mean and Maze I'm going to really go off on it but he grew a lot in season four that's why I loved season four you saw him really deal with his own self-loathing you saw him become a better person I mean well person devil whatever 
But he grew a lot, and they just totally wiped that away with the mojo thing. And it was ridiculous because, frankly, I honestly think Lucifer would have been turned on by that. I think he would have loved that. I think he would have been like, oh, awesome. We get to go mojo people together. Isn't this cool? And I think more of the struggle would have come with Chloe dealing with that than with Lucifer dealing with that. So I thought that was ridiculous. I did love their little bed banter and I love their tickling scene and I was very happy that they slept together and I thought that was that scene was done really well and I loved that she didn't answer her phone and that kind of stuff um but then I think they just kind of went okay so we're turning it up to 11 we're starting it there and then we're just gonna douse it immediately and you don't have to do that you can wait a few episodes and then throw a little bit of a wrench but keep them together a little bit and don't you know I don't know it was just so so ridiculous and stupid and i don't know it was lame i didn't like do that. we do we think his time in hell kind of screwed up his <laughs> kind of mess with a lot of that character development because he was in hell for a long time i mean i don't think i'm not i feel like i feel like that's quote-unquote really it's like hoping for the best rather than just being like the writers wrote this in a way like they they wrote season four wonderfully. the The finale of season four was really, really well done, and it kind of feels like season five was like, "Oh shit, we have to write more." Yeah, that's that's exactly what it felt like. It's like, uh, I guess we have to do more now. But- so I I don't know if they ever thought of developing Lucifer much beyond what he was, but at the same time, you want him to keep evolving. But how right, much? But- how much can a millennia old character evolved of growing to do because he was oh, he... a narcissistic self-centered no he ab- but he absolutely rat. does but he's never had to think about anybody but himself for how long right but i think that if there is anything to the idea that he was in hell for like thousands of years as it relates to earth and then he came back and it's like oh well everything that i've learned and whatever has eroded away i think that's accidental i don't think that that like the writer sat there and thought hey strategically mm-hmm. let's think about yeah. this no it, it, it's well, just that's like, like maybe uh, i'm giving writers a bit more credit than part of it was they're just like oh shit yeah. um but and if anybody brought it up, it would, it would just be like a really convenient. Oh yeah, totally. That's what we meant to do. That's like, that's what they're gonna do with like. fan conventions. I'm like, yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> that's a genius move, man. Yeah, I'm it's glad just you it, noticed. <laughs> they were just trying to create drama for the sake of creating drama and being like, oh yeah, Lucifer is, and Lucifer is a narcissist. Yes, the character. I mean, Lucifer in general, everything. He is a narcissist. I- but but he's grown from that. I mean, he's grown from that. He really isn't as much of that. I mean, you saw a lot of that, that that narcissism stems from a lot of self-hatred and self-loathing that he was finally starting to deal with. I mean, we talked on um, the Queerest Folk episode, which I know I don't think any of you guys watch that show, but, um, you know, it's my favorite show. And Brian, the character of Brian on there is very much a narcissist. Everybody calls him a narcissist. And I said, I don't think he is what it is, is it's self-loathing. And he, 
you, his protection is narcissism. And I think that's a lot of what it was with Lucifer, but Lucifer was starting to really break that down and show that. And I think when you take it back so quickly like that, yeah. and you make it childish like that, instead of making it something deep and impactful, like I can't even think of an example, but if they had done something else that made him kind of pull back a little bit, that was more dramatic, deeper. Um, maybe if, Chloe had gotten hurt or maybe something like that where he would have had to really confront that. I think it would have been more believable than, oh, Chloe's got my mojo. Because I honestly don't think he would have been upset about that. I think that's I, like... I think they kind of did that a little bit at the in the finale when Chloe got kidnapped and we kind of see yeah. him really like maybe step back a little a bit and think, what the fuck am I doing and I liked a lot of the storylines where he was dealing with his wings, like like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I felt like those had much more of an emotional impact. The loss of his wings or he kept chopping off his wings. Like that whole relationship between him and those wings and what they meant and the daddy issues. Like that was so much deeper and so much more interesting than my mojo. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's my biggest issue with it. Well, the word mojo just makes me really think of Austin Powers a lot. Right? <laughs> but I'm I'm hoping that, I'm hoping that the second I'm hoping yeah, I'm hoping that the second half of the season kind of deals with that because a lot of his reasoning for being upset about his mojo wasn't necessarily because uh Chloe had it. It was because he didn't he and he said, he's like what good am I to you or to anybody else? If I don't have this one thing, he didn't have any faith in himself as a detective or as being helpful in any way, if not having that. And he felt like Chloe would need him if she had that. So I think that actually kind of plays into that self-loathing and insecurities that he has. And then in the finale, when he was able to to put all of these pieces together and find a serial killer, and then it still wasn't the right person for what he was trying to do. I think that helped him learn that he does have value beyond just his celestial powers. And when you've been having to rely on your celestial powers to do so much for you for your entire existence, to not have them, I think would be kind of scary. We even see, like, uh, progression in his character, like, as a detective, like, his detective skills and detective amenadiel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We see him be capable, and it's just kind of like, oh, and how cute was it when Chloe was like trying to make him feel good and being like, my partner here speaks every language. Yeah. She's, <laughs> I just thought that was so adorable when she was trying to like build him up, like supportive in a very Ella way, and it I could was. totally appreciate it because it was adorable. He's my Swiss Army knife. <laughs> Well, let's let's move on um, to Maze um, and Carla. What are your thoughts on Maze this season? Um, okay, Maze is a character for me. I I've always loved her. I think that she is just tremendous in um, in who she is, in the power that she has, because uh, she doesn't really have like an actual power other than her strength and her ability to appear out of nowhere, which I guess is a power. Anyway, um, but it's just, she's such an interesting character and she has such great chemistry that the actress does, Leslie and Brent, with with just like everybody. She's phenomenal. Um, I think the way that she's been written for me has always been very up and down because uh, she is basically 
a child learning how to control her emotions and um you know she she came from from hell and was thrust into human life um and she didn't really have to deal with emotions at all because it was just like they're they're just they're just there for fun and then lucifer goes and falls in love with this lady and suddenly i'm dealing with all these humans and i can't break them all and you know it's like ooh, you know like tracy's fragile she's just a little girl god but her overall arc has been very interesting to watch even in the parts where i didn't really where it didn't make sense to me but in this season in particular i can understand the impetus behind her actions but the actions still sting and they really bother me i can understand how you uh have been saying to lucifer over and over again i want to go back to hell take me back with you take me back take me back and the guy just up and disappears he's supposed to be like your best friend to uh, you know slash boss i don't know and he just takes off without you doesn't even tell you that he's leaving so you don't even get the closure of a goodbye even if he was going to say you can't come with me she gets no closure she is going through a heartbreak her first real and huge heartbreak and she can't talk to lucifer about it in part because lucifer just can't be bothered to hear about it um he comes back and it's for chloe and he doesn't have an explanation and then he's, he's treating her as just something under his foot when he when he tells her oh you're just a demon you can't have a soul doesn't even address why and it, yes he's um narcissistic and very self-involved as we've said just recently but this is somebody who depends on you and who cares about you and who supposedly you care about but you are paying no attention to these huge things going on in her life it, it's no wonder that she feels betrayed so between that and the fact that they've written her as this emotionally stunted demon slash child thing, I can understand why they would have it be like, okay, great. So now it totally makes sense, right? That she's going to go and fight with Michael against Lucifer. Um, and you do have precedent of them, of, of Maze and Lucifer fighting. But that still doesn't take away the sting that this is an ally suddenly siding with the total opposite of what lucifer is and you're basically trying to rub him out from the earth you know she um she's she's going through a lot she's very confused i mean she she tried to um hit on chloe which understandable but still it, it this is just so many things that they did with maze this season really sting as a fan of the character like they, they it really it bothers me. And and again, there are so many uh, of, of these issues that come down to the writing and to the, the planning of the show. It's, it's why did you choose to go in this direction with this character? What, what made you think that this was the best way to bring to whatever result you wanted to come to? And, you know, this is um, a section of the show that it's going to make me feel like I want to forget a lot of of the decisions that the writers made in these eight episodes. And a, a big part of that is um, the way that, that uh, Maze was written. I mean, she just, she had made so much progress 
And just like Lucifer, like so much of this progress was into the wind. I, and I just, I, I cannot deal with, with, with just sloppiness like that. It, it, it really bothers me. It's like, what are you doing to this wonderful character? Judy, what are your thoughts on Maze this season? Um, okay, so before I get into my thoughts of like Maze and the the character decisions and whatnot, I I have, and maybe it's a little social justice warrior of me, but I have a little bit of a weird thing about the um one of the only black women on the show being the mother of all demons. <laughs> You know, I don't know. I Something just didn't sit right with me about that, as well as I also thought that the decision to make, um, oh, what's his name? Kane last season, like the most European white Chad ever. <laughs> like, that's not what Adam and Eve and their sons and the first humans looked like. I don't know. Something about that just kind of bothered me. <laughs> Beyond that, though. Um, as far as Maze, so yeah, I mean, I agree with you, Carla. There's some some issues with her decisions at the end. I do love her um, story this season about her dealing with her abandonment issues and her mother and um, growing so much in learning. Um, learning more about what's what's causing her to to have these issues and have these feelings and you know she keeps talking about this soul she's got to she's got to get a soul at some point and obviously my michael is not going to be the one to get it, get her a soul and my heart absolutely breaks that she is being manipulated into that um She's such an interesting, uh, she's one of my favorites, like everybody, I'm sure, <laughs> one of my favorite characters. She's so interesting because she's this cool contradiction of just this badass torturer, like, you know, you think she's been there, seen it all, done it all. But really, she has this, um, I don't, innocence isn't right, naivete. <laughs> she, she, like you said, almost childlike. Um and uh, her story is so heartbreaking because she really is nobody's priority. And that's all she wants to be. She wants to be important to someone. And Lucifer's narcissism, as we've seen, brushes her off. Um, everybody cares about her. And, you know, that this friendship she has with the other characters um, – they would all they all care and when when she ran away from home last season they all went to help help her and find her and and whatnot but she's nobody's top priority and she knows it and i it's it's just heartbreaking seeing her need somebody and need need love and reach out in her own demony kind of ways and just not get it back um so, yeah, that her interactions with Lucifer and Lucifer just going off to hell, which I get, you know, he needed to go take care of hell and everything, but didn't even 
tell her he was leaving or ask her if she wanted to come with. Total dick move, man. <laughs> um, yeah, so my, my heart just always breaks for her. But uh, I, I do love the story of her trying to, to deal with these abandonment issues and find her mother and all that. I thought that was fantastic and the, beautifully acted. Like she just knocked all of those scenes completely out of the park. Um, But, you know, in the end, her siding with Michael, that I I agree. I'm it's a, it's a leap. Exactly. It is. Although she has, she's turned on Lucifer before. This isn't the first time. So I guess it's not. She's very adventurous. And I, and that's what I get. She's very reactionary. I totally get, but like, Oh man, that's a big. I, it's a big one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who knows? So, you know, she'll, she'll obviously come around, but it hurts. I, <laughs> I, I mean, I have mixed feelings as far as as far as Maze goes. Um, I was not surprised seeing her show up at the end. Not because I think that her and Michael are gonna like be this bad boy team or anything like that but we've seen the entire season we've watched the whole season um how good michael is at manipulating everyone even people who are aware that that is what he is doing he manages to do it and it's his superpower bringing out their fears and that's her fear and maze is in a has been in a very vulnerable space for this entire season um I think Leslie and Brian, right? I'm sorry, I'm very tired. Um, she, <laughs> I think, I think she's. I I absolutely adore Maze. I love her. I've loved watching her journey. I actually even have really enjoyed watching a lot of her journey in season five. I think has really given her a lot to explore. This she has really never had much choice in anything. She didn't choose to come to Earth. She didn't choose to stay at Earth. She didn't choose get to choose to go to Hell. She has very she's had made very few choices, um, and she's also been on Earth around human beings for so long um, that of course you want to be a part of something and feel something. And I think her looking to find a soul is really heartbreaking in itself, but it's also a beautiful kind of showing of her character development over the seasons of how she, she, she wants to feel complete and she doesn't feel that. And, and, and fighting and sex and even trying to figure out what's going on with her mom. None of those things are making her feel that way. And I think that's kind of a, a really interesting storyline for us to see with her. Um, I also, honestly, my issue is more that she is, like, it's Michael that she's siding with. Because I'm not really surprised that she would turn on Lucifer. He has been incredibly neglectful and callous and hurtful. And like you said, she's never, she's not a, she's not anyone's top priority. She is a tool. And she's only ever used as a tool by anybody. Chloe only uses her as a tool for the most part. Lucifer only uses her as a tool. Dan, I mean, she's the one to do the wet work. And that's about it. And when she's going through a crisis, 
No one is there for her. No one cares. But the second that someone else is going through a crisis, when Lucifer is going through a crisis, who's the first one he calls? Maze. Um, so I'm not surprised that she turned on him. I kind of, I know that a lot of really, really good villain origin stories start like this. Um, I would hate to see, I would, I would hate to see that happen and have them turn Maze into a big villain for the rest of season five or anything like that, because I don't think that's fair to her. Um, but I also know that they can't. As the show, they can't just give her... She can't She can't be done yet. She can't be complete yet. Her journey, her story can't be over yet. Because I think with the way this show is structured, if her journey is over, then what, what then? <laughs> like, she gets a soul. She and Evie go and do a bounty hunting business together. Which, again, I would watch that show. <laughs> um, but I just, I don't think she can be done on that journey yet. And I have a lot of mixed feelings about how she was treated in this series, in this season, but I'm not at all surprised that Michael manipulated her into helping him because he's been doing that to literally everyone since he dropped down on earth. Since before that, they talk about, like you said, they're talking about him manipulating God. If he can manipulate God, what is a lonely, heartbroken, sad <laughs> demon, vulnerable demon, gonna do to what resist he that has against him? Yeah. yeah. So, but that's that's that. I'm a. Uh, I got a sneeze. Susie, what are your thoughts on Maze this season? Um. So when we. Well, when the season, when this new season starts, Maze is already like dealing with the fact that her, her well, her girlfriend Eve just kind of like broke up with her and like left her behind, and she has a lot of hurt from that. She's also dealing with the fact that one of her, I, I guess you could say her oldest friend slash boss, um, went back to hell without her, even though he knows. That that's something that she's been wanting to do since like the very beginning of the series, and he goes back without her, and that like of course that's gonna sting because he knows that she wants to go back there, but she can't go back there unless someone with wings takes her. And obviously, logic would be that it's Lucifer because he's like that. You've not he's known her the longest. They have a relationship there, and she, she probably thinks that there's some sort of like mutual like trust and and like friendship there um and but will things just get like worse because she's dealing with th- that abandonment of him uh which is further um like multiplied by the fact that she's dealing with her own abandonment issues about her mom that we've seen since the beginning of the series that she's had where she's like oh she's like oh like my mom like, she had me, and then she left me, and I've never known anything about her, and, like, her friend knows this, and yet he never tells her, or, like, says to her, your mom is on Earth. She's still alive. Do you want to go talk to her and get some closure? And I think it's very interesting how they handled her, like, seeking out her, like, finding out about her mother, which, and, like, seeking her out and interacting with her. And it's also very heartbreaking how the one and only interaction that she has with her mother 
is a very like it's it's a very negative one. And when she does get the like the chutzpah to go back and like confront her and actually have like a full conversation with her about her abandonment and how she feels, she finds out she's already dead. And so in I really like on the way that cause how that like mirrors reality because sometimes we don't always get to have the closure for issues that we have or if we've ever been abandoned we don't ever get to hear like why did you do this or or why that happened yeah but it looks she doesn't have anything i know and it it freaking sucks Mm -hmm. because even with with her wanting to bring up an issue to to like people that she knows, even the fact that she's like, oh, am I just going to end up alone forever? Like, how am I going to f- find someone? And then she, like, sees Ella and she kind of, like, imprints on her, like, in a way where she, like, copies her style and her behavior to see if she can get someone to like her that way. And then when she sees that doesn't work, she's like, oh, well, i got to try something else. And then she finds out about the whole, like, soul thing and that's something that she wants for herself. Like, maybe this is what will help me, like, move forward and and get past this like block that I'm having but when she brings it up to her one and only friend he immediately dismisses her like you're a demon you don't get a soul what are you talking about I'm more worried about my girlfriend that was awful and that really pissed me off because Lucifer constantly constantly like undermines how she feels and constantly takes her for granted and treats her more of like an object rather than his friend and that just like really pissed me off because she she's trying to like voice her concerns with him and he's like <laughs> shut up. He's and I really demons. I, I'm sure he sees her as less than him, just like every other demon. But if he chose her specifically to go up to Earth with him, that means he has like some level of maybe like I don't know respect or like care for her. Oh yeah, I mean she's the maybe. best of them. But yeah, I, yeah, he, but, yeah, I, mean, but I feel of, like I, I feel like her attitude. switch to to Michael like manipulated or not is in a way warranted because all this man has done is like constantly like undermine and just like use her without concern for her feelings or her or her. And even um Leslie on Brand in an interview she said about like um his reaction, like her decision to to go with Michael and like fight with him was um is um quote he's a narcissist he thinks about himself he makes decisions without her being consideration and she's literally tired of it she bared her heart and soul to him in regards to the relationship so that was just basically like I'm in it for me and I'm sorry people are going to get hurt but I have to do what I have to do to get what I think I need so I'm really I'm unquote so I'm really interested to see like how this character moves forward in like person like in her own personal like sense of self and how her relationship with Lucifer evolves maybe she like completely breaks up from him and says hey we had a good run but now I'm just like maybe she gets soul in the end or I hope she does and finally like I just want her to be happy Mm -hmm. like that's all I want for her is just for yeah. her to be a person <laughs> and instead of this object that everyone sees and uses. 
Yeah. She's a demon. Yeah, my biggest issue with this season is the treatment of Maze. Um, I, I knew think it. It's. <laughs> I think it's disgusting, frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes no sense to me. I mean, I know everybody's saying that it makes sense for her to go to Michael. It makes no sense to me. And the reason it makes no sense to me is, once again, they're t- they've taken a character that they had grow a lot and growth. And I know she's going through heartbreak. I understand that. But I honestly think she would have manipulated Michael. I think she would have manipulated him, thought he and made him think that she was on his side and then turn the tables on him. I just, I don't believe this. I just don't. I would have believed it in seasons one through three after that. No. And I know she's turned on Lucifer before and it's not that part that I don't get. Cause I understand her being angry with him. It just doesn't make sense to me because Michael is not, Michael is not someone that I think Mays would even look twice at no matter how angry she is because he's so beneath her frankly he's so so beneath her and even in a villain type if he was the michael from supernatural yeah i'd be on board with that but he's this he's so low down on the totem pole in my opinion that it just doesn't make sense to me it made more sense when she was with dan when she was you know when they were doing stuff together that made sense this doesn't make sense to me and that's why i have a problem with it my other problem is the way Chloe treated her in season one was so reprehensible and so awful because Maze is taking Lucifer's place for you, Chloe, you bitch. Excuse me, but I just could not. I just was, I wanted her to slap her because she just totally went, okay, I think this is just, we're getting too close when Maze kissed her, which I thought was ridiculous also. I'm, I'm sorry, but I just thought that was ridiculous. And then she just throws her and tosses her to the side like everybody else has. And it really made me look at Chloe in a different light. And I wish they had kept exploring their relationship more. It was so stupid to me. They didn't need to put it aside just because Lucifer, Lucifer, quote well, Michael comes back. They didn't need to push that aside. That made no sense to me. I thought that was stupid. I thought they should have kept being friends. Um, The whole Linda thing, when she finds out that Linda gave up a child, I understood her her, and anger. As someone who has been abandoned by a parent, I understand that hurt and anger all too well. But at the same time, I don't know. I was iffy about the way they handled that, but I thought that was better. I've always liked her relationship with Linda. I think that's the one thing that I liked with Maze was the way they interacted. I think it was absolutely i understand what you're saying susie what people are saying that it's you know yeah you don't always get that happy ending but this is a show and i think she should have been able to have more of a catharsis with her mom with lilith i think she deserved more of an interaction with her um and i thought it was interesting in episode four that i know a lot of people love that episode i didn't like that episode at all but i think what's interesting about episode four is lilith did not seem like this cold-hearted person really honestly there was a part of her that didn't seem that way to me and so when she was older maybe she was hardened or maybe she I don't know but it just seemed like she should have had a little bit more warmth to her or more depth or maybe they should have not warmth towards Maze necessarily but I think she should have been more dimensional than um, basically middle finger to Maze and shutting the door in her face and I wish they had given more time even if she had ended up passing away I still wish they had given that more time um, 
And the way people talk to Mace, I understand it's an ongoing thing, but it it just, it really, really hurts me a lot because she gives everything to everybody. Whether they, you know, even when she's mad at Lucifer, she still drops everything to help him find Chloe. It's like, can she just at least have a little bit of happiness? Like you guys are saying, she needs some happiness and she had growth and they're trying to take her back. And I keep, you know, I've saw, I've seen both sides online. I've seen people saying Mays deserves better and everybody's treating her like crap and she deserves a lot better. And then I've seen people saying, God, she's so annoying. She's just whining and complaining all the time. And I think that whining and complaining comes from them. They're, they're undoing all the growth that she has had. But I don't think and they're necessarily just, undoing all the growth that she had. I think this is I still do. part. I think this is still part of her growth. It's not a great part. Growing is painful and it hurts and it's painful. And I totally agree with a lot of what you're saying as far as how people are treating her. But I don't think her decisions that she's being made by informed by how she's being treated is isn't growth. I mean, you're right. She has been treated terribly by everybody around her. So why wouldn't she say, well, no one here... <laughs> No one here is valuing me, and there's one person here who's saying that they do. Why wouldn't I be drawn to someone who's making me feel like I am of worth when no one else is? Like, well, that's a very a human thing. Yeah, making her promise for something. And knows. I think that shows growth. I think it, it, it's not great growth. It's not like suddenly she's... Growth is not a straight trajectory. No, I know that, but this is... it To me, it's like... <laughs> I can understand if she was manipulating him at the same time and being like, okay, so he can get me down to hell. I could see that if she was using him, you know, and then the whole soul thing. Yeah, I, I sort of get that. It's because it's the character that she is doing this with. If it was a different character, I could I could see it. I just think it's because, and this goes to me not liking the Michael character, I think, because I just, it just doesn't make sense to me. Even if back when Kane was on this show and if Kane was do doing this, that would make sense to me. I would be on board with that. But this, for, this just does not gel. I just don't, I don't, it doesn't fit. And yes, you're going to take steps back. Like Lucifer could take, take steps back. But to me, it feels like they're, erasing a big part of her and taking her way back and I honestly when I think it was you Meggers said that this is how a lot of villain stories start I think that's actually what they're trying to do with her now that you said that that makes sense and I think that's the biggest mistake they could make if they really are doing that with her uh, because I think they already tried to do that in earlier seasons and it just I don't know I just I just it's really, really annoying to me, and I think they're they're trying to ruin her. I think they're trying to ruin her character, frankly. I think they're ruining her character. I still love her, and I hate the way everybody else treats her, and I hate some of the stuff people – some of the things people say to her. I think um, Linda is one of the only people left that actually treats her with any, any, any bit of respect. I think Amenadiel sometimes has moments where he treats her that way. Um, but everybody else, she's like dirt on their shoe. She's like dirt on their shoe. So I just, I just, it's just a big, a big issue that I have with this season. 
And it's why I couldn't fa- fully fall in love with it. And, um, you know, I just, it just seemed too quick, too fast. That's what a big problem with the whole season overall is that everything's like boom, 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 boom. And no time to breathe for a lot of this stuff. So I just, I just, I just hate it. And I hope it gets better, but I don't have much faith that they're going to do better with the maze storyline. So anyway, that's just, that's, that's, that's my two cents. Um, And on that, we'll take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll wrap things up and just quickly talk about, since we're just running so over on time, I really did not think this was going to last this long. Um, We'll just go ahead and go through the other characters when we're back. Okay, so now let's continue and we'll just wrap up by talking about everybody's thoughts on Amenadiel, Linda, Ella, and Dan. And then we'll briefly talk about the big reveal at the end of episode eight. So, Carla, what are your thoughts about the other characters in the show? I absolutely love seeing Amenadiel as a very overly worried father. And I, I'm going to tie this in with with Linda because seeing them as parents and you know parents i think a lot of us look at our child as like my child is the only wonderful special child in the planet and oh my gosh did you see the way he sneezes it's not not that he sneezes it's the way he sneezes and it's like he's a genius because of the way he sneezes did you see how he held that breath for one second longer than i think any other child on the planet would yes my child is a genius at sneezing but it, and it's very true to what parenting is like, especially when you're a brand new parent. Um, and it's just adorable to see them, you know, the way that, that they look at Charlie, the way that they deal with all of these baby problems. And, you know, it, it just it's very sweet. Um, at the same time, I appreciate that it's it's sweet and it's domestic, but it's not. uh caging them into this thing where like well that's all they are now because i think a lot of shows make that mistake when a child is introduced where it's like well okay they're only parents now which yes that becomes like pretty much your big role in life but amenadiel is still an angel who has other things to take care of linda is still a professional who has other things to take care of she wants to go blow off steam with her girls she goes and does that amenadiel wants to go and hang out with dan for some reason and i guess if you must um, you know, hey, someone's got to hang out with Dan. <laughs> someone's someone's got to do, do it. <laughs> I'll hang out with Dan. <laughs> I volunteer as tribute. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's very interesting, and, and I love seeing Linda kind of lose it towards the, the beginning of the season, which is like everything is you know Japanese lessons, immersive like language, whatever, because a child is an angel, which was very interesting then later to um, the idea that he's not and how they how they deal with it. Because th- the whole time, um, Amanda Deal has been operating on the, and so has Linda, pretty much everybody, on the idea that that Charlie is half angel and therefore he is going to be extra special in addition to being the most special child on the planet. Um, And, oh my God, he's just a regular human and he gets a cold and well, that's not special at all. Like that happens to kids all the time. And well, if, if he can get a cold, he can also probably die. And I'm going to have to live for an eternity beyond my child, which 
is a nightmare for any parent, but our lives are finite and amenities quite possibly is not. Um, so I, it's, you know, as a parent, that must be really like, eh. um, as for Ella and you know how, how I feel about Ella and about Amy Garcia, who I think just rocks it in this role and, and anything she does, cause I think she's amazing. Um, like you said, Aaron, it felt like such a ripoff from Dexter. It's like, okay, okay, so so now she's Deb, and she's dating the serial killer who is not a particularly interesting person in and of himself. And, um, ooh, we're all shocked that this guy who was kind of creepy from the beginning is a serial killer. Like, we, we got it on the first beat, okay? Like, chill. We, we're, we're savvy to this. We're good. Um, and But I really hated that for Ella. Um, like I said in the beginning, I love that there was more of a focus on her because I think she deserves it. I think Amy Garcia deserves a bigger opportunity to expand her um, her acting chops because I think she's got them in spades. But this was just such a cheap way to do it. Uh, and I, I, I hated it for Ella. I hated the the whole thing of... Um, of her being kind of the patsy who like falls for the, you know, the whole like eight episodes. Like, oh, I always fall the wrong guys. It's always the bad boys, always the bad boys. And it's like, Oh, this guy seems like a nice guy. Okay. Clearly Ella, he's going to be a murderer. Like don't fall just because he's wearing like a, you know, cutesy outfit and floppy hair. Floppy hair does not indicate Same goodness. The tattoo, Ella. But he went to a convention <laughs> with her. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's 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 a plus he, right there. He wore he wore the ears and he cling on to her. Which, by the way, I don't buy that he wasn't the nerd and that he was just doing it to get her. Because oh, no, who you have to cling on that fast. Yeah. Yes, you don't learn cling on that fast if you're not already in her. Like, cut me some slack here, writers of Lucifer. Um, <laughs> Jesus, I love you. <laughs> uh, Dan discovering the truth. Oh my gosh. He reacted exactly the way a Dan would. I mean, if, if ever there was an expectation of how a character would react to uh, to Lucifer being Lucifer, it's going to be Dan. Mm -hmm. And honestly, it was very fulfilling to see it. Um, I, I did hate that we had gotten to this point where Dan ha was finding himself in a better way than he, than he had explored in all these past seasons. Um, except for season four, where he's starting to become a good guy. But, you know, I, I get that in a way, Dan becoming a good guy who is centered and who is calm and peaceful would make him boring, but that's if you let it. And then having him turn around and show up to shoot Lucifer and that being like his go-to thing. Okay, let's let's have some reasoning again you know michael's a manipulator i get it and he used his fancy british accent that his brother uses and he left behind his american accent okay cool but it was still like oh my god and yet i'm so caught up in the fact that this is very dan season three dan season three 100 <laughs> percent, absolutely so but i again I, i'm just very pleased to see how much the other characters have been included and written up more deeply, except for Linda. I will say that as much as I enjoyed watching Linda freak out um, being a parent, like I feel like 
in a way it was kind of for a character who has uh, grown to be such a big part of the show it it felt kind of flat um because that is where they reduced her to a panicked new mom which again i've been a new mom and it is panic inducing and you do kind of like kind of become very uh myopic single yeah yeah for a bit but there's so much more to her and i think it was like later on in this first half of the season where you you know they flesh her out again and she's again uh being a doctor and counseling people and and um i i I especially enjoyed that she as much as Maze doesn't really have somebody she linda took the time to be somebody for Maze, even as she is coping with being a new mom and she is the one character that Maze has been able to rely on as a real friend who really genuinely cares about her and all of her mazeness for everybody else Maze is a tool for linda i strongly believe that she is a real person who matters she's her best friend she's her best she friend. is and she's and they're good mm-hmm. best friends to each other generally yeah yeah mm-hmm. i agree and then judy your thoughts on the other characters um yeah so to build on what what carla was just saying about um linda i too was kind of thrown off at first by that sort of helicopter parenting um it just didn't, I don't know, it didn't feel right to me. But then when you find out about her story where she was a young mother and she gave up this child, um, I think that can, now it makes sense to me. Um, because I think a lot of people who've either lost a child or given up a first child and have, you know, this later in life child, um, I think that's actually kind of common. You know, you, you become... Um, a little bit more of that helicopter parent and you know they they've got to learn six languages before they're five years old and (laughs) the whole thing so it made a little bit more sense so it's it's very sweet seeing her as a mother and um I love that they also gave her this deeper story of having another child that she lost not lost but having another child that she gave up and you know, has all this inner conflict and feels like she's going to go to hell because of it. Um, and that also helped to to give her and um, Maze just another thing to bond over. So I really love the way um, where they went with that. Um, Amenadale, adorable <laughs> as, as a new dad. And I love that he's just like everybody's sort of voice of reason and sort of counselor this season everybody goes to him um for that wise sage advice so that's kind of a cute role that he's taken on um jumping over to ella uh yeah i yeah that was not exactly you know a big big shocker reveal like the minute that guy shows up we're like oh that like I don't know if anybody else got that, but like he felt creepy from the first second, um, which kind of made me sad though. Cause he was a geek and he was so adorable with her and it was cute. So I was a little, I was sad obviously that, you know, 
she really liked this guy and, and kind of is getting her heart broken and hopefully she won't go back to, um, you know, the tattooed penis, uh, bad boy, (laughs) but I can also understand why she's attracted to bad boys. She grew up in an environment where, you know, dad, brothers, everybody was the bad boys. So I can totally get that. It definitely feels in character for her. Um, all right, let me talk about Dan. I know <laughs> the big joke. The big joke about uh, for this group uh, pre pre podcast here was that I had listened to the last, the first Lucifer podcast, and I felt like I had to come on and talk about my boy Dan. <laughs> he got a lot of hate last time, so yeah. Um, every time he is on screen, I'm smiling and laughing especially whenever he's interacting with lucifer just every interaction that they have is so comedic together maybe that's why i like i mean he's just sort of this every guy and he they're so funny together um you know his he's just eye rolls at all of this insanity going on around him and he has no idea why you know he's just this decent average guy trying to do his best and having no idea that he's surrounded by you know celestials and all of this craziness he's just this average dude um and then when he just with such earnest earnesty just gives Lucifer <laughs> for that bracelet the bracelet bros i just love it my part um, absolutely adored. That was yes. probably the most likable Dan has ever been. Yes. And he was still <laughs> such a douche. Oh, he's a total douche. He's a total douche. But to me, he's a a, a decent douche. For the most part, he's hey he, he he's screwed up. Not generic douche. Yeah. He has um he has screwed up like everybody else on this show. He's made some big mistakes. Um you know, last season, I think they really screwed up his character last season. Like, I get that he was dealing with grief, but I felt like they just um, did him wrong last season. He, they took it too far. Thank you! Okay. Finally! <laughs> Glad somebody else agrees with you me. You have an ally, Judy. All right, woohoo! The uh, damn, <laughs> damn fans all the way, right? <laughs> And as far as his reaction to finding out that the um, guy who he's been trying to befriend, the guy who's dating his um, ex, the guy who's spending time with his daughter is Lucifer, is the, the, the real devil. Um, I get why he would just be terrified and freaked out. And um, of course, everybody was, you know, Chloe tried to have him killed. Uh, Linda freaked out for a while. So it's, it's a lot. It's a lot to deal with when you first find out that, you know, Lucifer truly is Lucifer. So um, his reaction was on brand and I think what certainly most people's would be. Um, But once again, another example of Dan being just a good guy 
is yeah, he goes and he tries to kill Lucifer, but after he goes and he gets gets drunk and you know Maze brings him back to the station, the minute he finds out like Chloe's in trouble, he switches and is like, you know what? Okay, I get, you know, I, I still have this issue to deal with with you, Lucifer, being Lucifer, but I'm on your side. I'm going to help you. And boom, he jumps right into being helpful, Dan. So I love Dan. (laughs) I agree with what everybody said last year that he and Ella were the worst thing to ever happen on the show. Oh, God, I blocked that. I blocked that out. Sorry to bring it up. Sorry to bring it up. But other than that, I love me some Dan. Bring on all the laughter with Dan. (laughs) I just thought, okay, so I'm going to go a little backwards. Because um, we're talking about Dan. And I have to build on what Carla said. Like, Dan's reaction to finding out that Lucifer was actually the quote-unquote devil was the most Dan thing to ever Dan. So he finds out that this is an angel, and his solution is, I'm going to get my 9 millimeter <laughs> and shoot the devil. Like, uh, okay, Dan. <laughs> This has never worked for you. You tried to kill Lucifer before and it didn't work and you almost got your daughter killed and he was literally the only thing that saved her. But sure. <laughs> um, so he was a bit more tolerable this season for me. Probably because he wasn't banging Ella and he was doing his new agey shit which I absolutely love. <laughs> bracelet bros. The bracelet bros was <laughs> hilarious. I don't believe he's ever really tried to befriend Lucifer because I think he's smart enough to understand that that just won't happen. And also, he doesn't like Lucifer any more than Lucifer likes him. Like, they're not, this isn't a, they're not besties or bros in any way. They will work together because they both care about Chloe and Trixie and Ella and and what they're doing. Um, But they're not ever going to be besties. I would love to see Dan more as the straight man to all of this nonsense, especially now that Chloe and Lucifer are together and she's all like doe-eyed and gooey at him. So she's not going to be able to be the straight man anymore. I would love to see Dan do that and just be like, why am I surrounded by all these fucking weirdos? That's what I love about him. <laughs> but he ha- but he hasn't been able to really do that so much because he's too busy in his stupid like revenge yeah. drama or his weepy ex-husband drama or his going after adorable medical examiners who deserve better than Dan. Because <laughs> um, regardless of whether or not you like Dan, Ella deserves better than Dan. Oh, yes. amen. And then moving to Ella really quick and her serial killer boyfriend that the second he stepped on Kate on the screen, I was like, he's going to be a murderer. Like, it was literally the first thing I thought. I was like, well, this isn't good. She's always attracted to the bad boys. Go back to the penis tattoo. That's a bad boy. Yeah, that's a bad boy we can handle. Like, and he was at least hot. Um, If you're going to date a murderer, make sure he's a hot murderer. That's my relationship tip from Meg to you. Uh, I don't know if anyone knows this. I'm very, very sleep deprived. Um, (laughs) So anyway, um, I'm really, really glad they didn't kill Ella because as that last scene was happening, I was like, if they kill Ella, I'm done. Like, that's it. I'm done with the show. I'm sick of seeing 
especially women of color, being fucking murdered for no reason on TV and in movies. Like, I'm tired of it. I'm done with it. And how could you take the most innocent, likable character in the whole show about literal angels and demons and everything like that and have her be murdered by her boyfriend's serial killer? Like, that that would make me... That would be a step too far for me. So I'm glad she didn't die for several reasons. One of which is that I actually really like this show and want to keep watching it. Um, and I'm really interested to see kind of what all is going on. I think Ella is such an interesting character about how she does come from such darkness, some from such rough beginnings and how she has that darkness in her and how she combats it with by being very just bubbly and open and caring towards everyone. Um, and I think what happened with Pete is going to really shift a lot of that in the next half of the, of the show. And I'm interested to see kind of how that goes. I'm nervous <laughs> because I don't want anything to happen to my girl, Ella. I don't want her to have to go through that traumatic journey, but I think we're going to see it. But Go watching her go through the journey is better than seeing her dead for basically man pain. Um, and then as far as Linda and Amenadiel goes, I I thought they were just adorable. Like the whole thing. Amenadiel has been doing the dad thing for years. Like he has yeah. always had that father role. So watching him be like a dad and really embracing it, I think was amazing. Like seeing seeing a dad really just he doesn't have a job or anything he's really just embracing and digging being a dad and i don't think we get to see that enough um on tv so i really love to see that i also completely understand when he like panicked and literally froze time and he hasn't been able to even slow time down and i get wanting to do that where you have that moment where you just want time to stop with your kids um so that's been really interesting. Linda, I think I've really enjoyed seeing her becoming a mom. I love that they still have the bubble wrap, you guys. To sprout wings. And he said, like, how did she even go to the hospital to give birth if they thought this baby was going to have wings? How are you going to explain that? Either way, I love that they think they're just getting this little cherub, like a literal cherub. Um, and so that's been, watching has been really cute. I love kind of seeing her be that hyper-involved mom, but at the same time going out and having fun and having drinks and leaving her her baby with a Menadiel, especially since he got him kidnapped last year, <laughs> like three months ago. Um, so yeah, it's interesting. I would love to see a Menadiel and Linda's relationship go further than where it is again. I like to watch them co-parenting, but I really ship them. I ship them so hard. Me too. What's it? it what Amendola? Amelinda? <laughs> Amendolinda? I can't. I'm too tired. I can't do it. Anyway, so that's my that's my thought. Dan is the most Dan to ever Dan. <laughs> All it needs to stop dating serial killers. One's enough. And yeah. Um, so I really, <laughs> so like everyone else, I really enjoyed seeing, um, like Amenadiel's like father, like journey into fatherhood. Uh, it was really interesting to see him like this celestial being who has been around for eons, just like 
trying to understand babies and like deal with like how to raise a small human <laughs> which i mean is it's hard enough for like a regular human but could you imagine being a celestial with all these years of knowledge and then just being confronted with this creature that you've never had to deal with before but it coming from you and you having to like raise it and making sure they turn out okay and like like i think hands down one of my favorite like scenes in the whole like season was like him, Dan, uh, Lucifer, and the DJ guy just like trying to get Charlie to stop crying. Yes. And, and he's just crying and crying. And they're like, oh my God, I don't know what to do. And Dan's like, one of them is sitting on a bouncy ball with like little hand puppets. <laughs> like, the wheels on the bus go around and around. <laughs> it's just so tired. And they can't figure it out until Lucifer does the devil face. And they're like, it's just, it's so entertaining and oh gosh. maybe he's a demon baby. Dun dun dun. I mean, who, who knows at this point? But it was just so entertaining and it it was a little bit sad to see to see him like like get really I think disappointed with the fact that his child might be mortal. Which also I think is a very hasty decision to make because A, he's just a baby. Maybe his powers haven't come in yet. And B, if he's human, well, you know, he will have a finite like lifespan, but enjoy the time with him that you get because that's all really any of us have. I mean, his his panic is, yeah, his panic is like the most understandable thing about because that's the nightmare. The nightmare is outliving your child. Like and to think that you your child, even if he lives to be a hundred and four years old, you, that's not enough time if you're if you're living beyond that. So that was the most relatable, I think, moment. Yeah, and, and if if you think about, you know, like with, with most dads, the the big letdown is that oh, he looks more he doesn't look so much like my side of the family. And with this is like, oh, he doesn't have the immortality that my side of the family has. He doesn't have wings. He doesn't have wings. <laughs> Does this mean that Linda will take down the bubble wrap? Who knows? Anyway, because <laughs> it, it kept popping up, and I just kept waiting for someone to ask, like, "So the bubble wrap on the ceiling fan? Uh, you gonna say what that's about?" Like, I just kept waiting for someone to mention that, and no one did. Like, even like Trixie, I expected her to be like. What's with all the bow wrap everywhere, huh? I just want to. I just want to see like a nine or ten month old uh, Chuck sneeze and then just wings pop out, because it's not like you guys don't have them put away. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's oh. Maybe it's a puberty thing. Maybe we just have to wait until he's in his teens. It's like, hey, Some mom, something weird happened this morning. They don't cover that in the biology books. His voice <laughs> drops and his wings come out. Yes. It's like Teen Wolf it's only. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, it was also really interesting to see like Linda, like, okay, this is it's my baby. I'm gonna make sure he's prepared for life. Because in in a way I also think she's kind of like really making up for the fact that maybe she that she couldn't 
making up for being there for her kid and providing for a kid in a way that she couldn't for her first one and is just trying to like cram as much like okay I couldn't do this for my first child but I'm going to do everything I can to provide this for you and yeah. just see if I can help heal this like this hurt inside and if not we'll we'll see um but it's really interesting to see her like incorporate motherhood into like her day-to-day like oh I'm mad it deals with the baby I'm gonna go out and party because heck yeah moms deserve that too and then the whole like oh I'm pumping right now like underneath her like <laughs> her, her, her shirt <laughs> just like all right well we can talk but I'm just I'm pumping okay just like, <laughs> that was really entertaining I wish I'd had that kind of pumping bra when I was breastfeeding because the one I had just sticks right out there's no shirt you can put on over it same. anyway well, TMI but same um and as soon as Ella's like boyfriend came in the picture, I was like, Oh, this guy is too overzealous. This can only lead to bad things. Not to say that being overzealous is a bad thing, but just he came in like way too hot, like, calm down, bud, you gotta you gotta cool this down to scotch if you don't wanna come off as murdery. <laughs> <laughs> and him just showing up with convention tickets. No one does that. I mean maybe, I don't know. I mean it's just, no, it takes, so but they expensive. It takes so much planning, you guys. Right? Like, Yo. You gotta ask a fangirl. That's, that's not easy. Yeah, no. And especially if it's like, what was it, the a popular one in town? Was it right. like the San Diego one? Yeah. Oh, it was Trekkie? Oh, I thought it was like the San Diego one. And I was going to say, oh. like, you can't get tickets like those, Dayo. That's crazy. I mean, if it was creation, we're talking a thousand bucks a pot. <laughs> like, that guy's. What now? We're five grand. What thousand? <laughs> you don't sell our creation money until at least the fifth date. Right? <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Um, and, and I just kept being like, oh no, I only want good things for, for Ellen. No, don't do this. And her being confronted by her, her boyfriend, I was like, oh, if you kill her, I swear to God. I swear to God. I will be very angry and we are done. But no, I like that she was able to, like, get herself out of that situation. And also, I really like that she had the forethought to, like, grab that needle and be like, I could use this. Maybe not to, like, knock him out, but maybe to analyze it and assess the situation. And I really like how she confronted him. And she was like, oh, because your mommy was mean to you? You're just going to be, you're going to be, you're going to be the dick to all women? Which is such kind of, like, a nice, like way to bring like a spotlight to the whole like nice guy thing but they're like because mm-hmm. women were mean to me once so I have a right to be rude to them like no you don't <laughs> be better learn grow don't keep doing dumb shit you always do and no but I, I think that that was like one of the, the few good things that came out of that whole storyline yeah just like her like giving him the bits that was good um and Dan, oh poor Dan. Okay, so season four, I was kind of pissed with how they treated his character because I thought he was making some kind of good progress, and I feel like they just whoosh, just threw that in the garbage, which wasn't great. And in the like the first episode, like just seeing him being like, oh yeah, I'm reading all these like these like self help books and like bettering myself, and him having like the whole wall filled with like motivational sayings. 
and everything it was like really cute and I thought it was really like I thought it was kind of sweet how he's when, been like, to at least six Tony Robbins shows <laughs> I thought it was really, really sweet how like um Michael Lucifer when he compliments him he's like oh nice bracelet and she seems to be like oh oh thank you like with the warm fuzzies and then later when 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 he's like oh here dude it's like uh jump and catch you match you bracelet or whatever when he sees Lucifer next he's like oh god that's terrible speak to me it's like oh what but I he's love just... that Lucifer put it on and has been wearing it. That's so sweet to me. Yes, and... I love that. And he's like, oh, bracelet bros. I was like, yes, bracelet bros. Oh, bro TP. Like, I'm here for that. Just <laughs> them coming to terms with each other and like him finding out that the person he's been interacting with and has embedded himself so deeply into his life and his family and friends is the devil and his immediate response is to shoot him like I a human will shoot a celestial being who has powers I may not know of but I'm going to do it anyway because guns Merka and, and, and I, it cracks me up how um, Chloe is having this like moment with him she's like Dan I know it's going to be hard and this and that and like you can hear like the music like coming to like rising and then just like you can almost hear the record scratch (laughs) oh it's so funny I mean to me dad is just this like like you're so dumb and pretty (laughs) just just (laughs) so dumb and pretty comedic relief in this show like he's so dead like, yeah, yeah, some good stuff. Um, oh man, I completely yeah. forgot to mention that it was hilarious to see a deal with his own like form of mojo with the nuns. I loved like, that. I just that want was... to tell you mm-hmm. everything. That was amazing. Yeah, that was great. Um, yeah. I think that's yeah. that's it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna start with Dan just because I'm gonna. Um, be a defender of Dan because I love Dan this season. Love you have another love, one, Judy. Love, 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 love Dan. Team Dan. Um, yes. I kind of wish he hadn't found out about Lucifer this season. I kind of wish that had been Ella. I think Ella deserves to find out and deal with that because she's already struggling struggling with her faith. And I just think it'd be really. I think that would have been a more interesting storyline to give to Ella than the stupid. Dexter serial killer storyline um but that being said the way Dan handled that was very Dan and very human I mean (laughs) it's very human to honestly even though he's a celestial being and you don't know anything about him it's still human to want to shoot somebody who is the devil and all you've ever known about the devil is how evil they are and they're around your kid and you're a cop and you have a gun. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's a logical thing to jump to. Um, but I kind of didn't want it to happen so fast because I was loving his interaction with Lucifer this season. I loved their friendship. Um, I loved I love his interactions with Amenadiel. I think their friendship is really cool to watch too. Um, and I just thought Dan, Dan is really, 
I know some people are going to disagree with this, this, but I think he's actually a really, really good guy. He tries really hard, and I think he's a really good father. And watching him even with the baby, you could see what a good father he is. Um, and he's just grieving. He's still grieving. The scene, the graveyard scene after he finds out about Lucifer was really well done. Um, I really enjoyed that. And yeah, I just, so I was kind of bummed that he found out about Lucifer because I was so enjoying (laughs) their interactions, but I'm glad, honestly, that it seems like he kind of started turning the corner on Lucifer really quickly. And I was kind of glad to see that, even though it seemed a little quick. It really made sense because especially when he saw how much Lucifer truly cares for Chloe and he really believed that. And it was nice to see that. I don't think he fully trusts Lucifer, but I liked that whole thing. And I liked that it wasn't this full thing of like where then he's going to continue to work for Michael. Um, I really appreciated that. Uh, Linda and Amenadale are they need to just get together. And I was like, are they together? Are they not together? They're living together They're, I mean, come on. Um, and I, that's why I couldn't stand when Amenadiel and Mays almost had sex together. I was like, Oh, that's so stupid. It made no sense. Um, but I love watching them together. Uh, Amenadiel is, he's just, I always want to give him a hug. I just want to give him a hug just because I think he'd give the best hugs in the world. And I just, I don't know. I just, I just love him. And I love watching him parent and that struggle with realizing that his son may be more human than he expected. It's really interesting to watch. Um, You know, it'd be interesting for him to deal with the fact of, you know, well, if, if, if he does outlive his son, maybe he'll just go and live in the Silver City with his son. And would that be a possibility? And, you know, that it, that was really interesting. And I I really hope they explore um, Linda and the daughter she gave up. And it was um, – talk about perfect casting. That daughter looked exactly like her. That was incredible. Um, and so I want to see more of that because I love Linda. I loved Linda's scene when they were putting on the <laughs> – the show and she's getting wasted and I just loved her in that. She's, she's so great. She has such great comedic timing. Um, yeah. So I want to see her get a little bit more of that, uh, storyline going and a little bit delve a little bit deeper into that, into, um, her giving up her child and, and hopefully her child wanting to meet her. Cause I would love to see that explored more. Um, and then for Ella, I just, uh, I I want I I honestly didn't I I could see that he was a bad guy but I really wish what they had done instead is if they were going to give her a love interest not make him a bad guy and just make him kind of a geek but he didn't have to seem creepy at all and then have her dealing with the fact that she's been going out with all these horrible guys and then finding a guy that is good and having to deal with that and having to realize maybe she's not as happy-go-lucky as she likes to portray and sort of I don't know I think she has her own walls up and kind of putting those down and that would have been more interesting to see but like I said I think it would have been better if she had found out about Lucifer and Amenadale and everything because her faith has been such a big Thing for her and it's been tested so much and to see her maybe find that some of this stuff is real um, and especially because she adores Lucifer she just adores him you know looks up to him like a big brother 
And so I think if she were to find out that he was Lucifer, it'd be very interesting. And I, I'm sure they will have her find out eventually. I can't imagine them having her be the only one who doesn't know. I just think I that would be wait. weird. It's yeah. Be such a good story. Yeah. That's, that's the storyline I want for her, but yeah, I'm also team Dan. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yes, I, I, I loved it. Season. Hey, someone's gotta be. <laughs> He's one of the highlights for me. This is. I can't help it. He is. So yeah. Like I said every time he and Lucifer are on screen together, it's just magic. I just la- like I'm smiling the whole time because they're just so funny together. Yes, when they were when they uh, when they solved who the murderer was, and they were like, just, I mean, just their just the way they interacted during that scene and a lot of other scenes and. I just loved their dynamic. Um, yeah. And I loved him helping Amenadiel with, you know, Amenadiel being worried about his son. And, you know, in the first couple seasons when he thinks he's busting a big drug ring in the club and it's just that one kid stealing from his mom. <laughs> but that whole thing of him dealing with struggling, being a good parent and watching their dynamic together, I think that's really nice. And yeah, I agree about the bubble wrap. That was just, that was too much. It was just so great and perfect. And yeah, I just, I just hope that's, ex- I hope they explore a little bit more with the friendships and have Ella finding out and have, and have show that would be really amazing. Cause yeah, I love her very much. She's great. So, well, let's just briefly, since <laughs> I, I mean, really for this one, let's just briefly, just like in a couple of words, um, because it was revealed, very end, God came along, played by Dennis Haysbird. And I just want to know what everybody's thoughts are on that. Just really brief thoughts, um, Carla. All I want to say is that the character of God, I feel like, I don't know. The only way to say it is that I feel like they're in good hands. You took my joke! Oh my god! This is why I hate it when I don't get to go first. That was awesome. <sighs> I, I was oh. very excited by that reveal. Because like that was the first thing that, that came to mind. I was like, <gasps> they're in good hands with Dennis Haysbert. And I'm very excited to see what happens in the rest of the season. Because I want to know what kind of discounts they get on their insurance. <laughs> Is there family and friends rate? Uh, <laughs> oh. Do they get to bundle? <laughs> See, I just thought Pedro Serrano was making a great comeback, but that says how old I am, I guess. And my love of Major League. <laughs> and J- Judy? <laughs> um. Well, my thoughts about, you know, there being a... a- God actually coming down and, and being a part of the story. Uh, still on the fence. I mean, who knows? All we saw was him appear. Um, I don't want... I don't know. that. So many of the characters in the story have so many daddy issues um, that it might be too easy for them to deal with if he's actually there. You know, when he was this sort of absent father... I don't know. It, it, there's a there's a lot more that they can explore, but if he's right there, yeah, I don't know. Hope it's not too much of a machina. 
literally. <laughs> and, and Meg. <laughs> I don't have anything to say anymore. Carla just kind of, <laughs> kind of took it. Um, I, you know, we'll see. Like I. I understand why they did it. I was expecting God to show up and everything like that at some point. But I don't I don't know how I feel about it quite yet. I literally just watched it like two hours ago after my weird disjointed viewing of, of Supernatural this season. Um I really like Pedro Serrano and for years I didn't know him by any other name. Like I forgot that he is not that character in all life. Um, so it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. And, you know, I I don't know. I don't know. I just want him to slap all of them and just be like, can you get your shit together? (laughs) Susie, what are your thoughts? Um, so like the stuff leading up to it, like that, uh, like fight scene, especially with like the smashing glass was just amazing and just spectacular. But let me tell you. When God showed up, I screamed, I laughed, I hollered so much that my dog came in from the other room <laughs> and, and jumped up next to me and just looked at me like, you okay? <laughs> like, my reaction was so severe that he had to come in and check on me. That's funny. Like, no, it's good. It's good. <laughs> I just couldn't stop. Like, and then, and then my mother came in, and she's like, "Are you okay?" I'm like, "Yeah, it's so Let me get myself together. <laughs> and I just, I, I was speechless, and I can't wait to see what they do with the character and how he treats his just disorderly, disjointed family, and how. Everything comes to a head. Who knows? Maybe yeah. he'll be making like regular drop-ins. Like, the hell's your mom? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting for sure. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you could also think of Zeke from Love and Basketball because we talked about that movie not too long ago. So we talked about him and um, about Dennis Haysbert and his his performance in that one. But yeah, I'm like everybody else. I'm on the fence about it. I, I don't know what to think yet. Um, I knew it was inevitable that it would happen, I think, in any show like this. I just want to put out there, and I always wanted Supernatural to do this, and now I want to put it out into the Lucifer universe. I just want for once one of these shows to have Jesus on. I'm serious. I want Jesus to be on. And these shows don't do that. And I do not understand why they don't. But I want Jesus to be on. So I'm just putting that out there. That's my final thoughts on Lucifer. (laughs) So I'd rather have Jesus than God come. I don't know. I just think it'd be more interesting. But that's just me. If we want to just close out and have everybody say where they can be found. And if you have anything to plug, Carla. I can be found at God Let There Be's Everywhere. That's C-A-R-L-A-T-E-M-I-S on um, my website with that name, on my Twitter handle, on my Instagram, and on Facebook. I have nothing to plug this week except for uh, watch Eurovision some more, Royalcha. <laughs> well, we will link your website, though, in the show notes. Thank you. Uh, yeah. And then Judy. Hi. 
Um, so I can mostly be found on uh, Tumblr at Angels Watching Over, all one word. Um, but it is mostly a supernatural. So once we get to the supernatural episode, be all over it. But I don't, <laughs> I don't blog a whole lot of Lucifer stuff. And now that Tumblr's like pretty much completely broken, I hardly blog at all. <laughs> Well, we've been talking about Supernatural, though, a lot in this episode. We have, yeah. Well, there's a lot of parallels and a lot of, yeah. There's a lot of reasons to like them both. Yeah. And Meg? Uh, yeah, you can find me on all the things at Wisconsin Act, which is W-I-S-C-O-N-S-E-N-N-A-C-H. And yeah, I did write it down again because it's only <laughs> been my handle for six years. <laughs> and Susie? Um, well, you can, you can't find me, but you can find my dog on Instagram <laughs> at Benny underscore Pelucita. So Aww. it's uh, B-E-N-N-I-E underscore P-E-L-U-S-I-T-A. <laughs> um, and I guess, uh, oh, uh, something really fun that I wanted to plug is this YouTube channel called Art Al- Alter. <laughs> Um, and they have a lot of really good, like, award-winning, like, short horror films that are, like, really awesome. And I think it'd be really cool if more people got a chance to see them and support independent creators and such. And this is Erin. You can follow me on Twitter at E April Beauty. The E and the A and the B are capitalized. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod. On Twitter at fandom thing pod. No, it's in that one. On Instagram at it's a fandom thing pod. You can also shoot us an email at it's a fandom thing pod at gmail.com. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, even if you are going to tell us we're talking too much, or maybe don't do that. But anyway, please uh, make sure to also subscribe um, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you find your podcasts. That would be great. And on the next episode, which is going to be our main episode, we are going to be doing the time warp and we're going to be talking about Rocky Horror Picture Show. So that one should be a ton of fun. So until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing and Black Lives Matter. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. Ch -ch 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 -chum. 
That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.